Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. And it's Mick Mulcahy continuing my stint uh, filling in for Neil who'll be back uh, on this day fortnight. So you got me uh, stuck with me for the next uh, couple of weeks. Hope we can uh, do the show justice. Parents now fear back to school cost is the uh, main headline on the mail today. Parents are facing a summer of dread as they struggle to deal with primary and secondary school charges of up to 1500 euro it's been warned. Opposition parties and government backbenchers are calling for a significant uh, increase to the back-to-school allowance to ease pressure on hard-pressed parents. It's feared some families will be forced into debt as they juggle the expense of new books and uniforms with the cost-of-living crisis. There's a recognition among cabinet members that the budget must help the squeezed middle. However, many are demanding immediate action with families pushed to the limit by record inflation. Check it out today in the um, (coughs) Mirror, uh, starting on the front page, but radical reform is needed to help the squeeze middle is the uh, the takeaway uh, tagline there. Education is supposed to be free in Ireland after all. And uh, the voluntary contributions and the rest uh, hopefully uh, will arrive in already uh, you know, already under pressure homes, any help that's coming from book rental schemes, etc. But clarity is needed uh, from the government as to what's going to be available to the hard-pressed parents. Uh, moving on to children being deprived of proper clothes. The Examiner front page, Noel Baker and Paul Hosford uh, reporting hand-me-down clothes and pyjamas as day wear as families are struggling to cope with the cost of living crisis. It's the worst deprivation since the 80s, says a Bernardo's worker. Children are wearing hand-me-down oversized shoes and pyjamas in the daytime as parents cut costs make ends meet according to staff at Barnardo's the charity employees have reported a surge in parents report uh, resorting to using child benefit normally spent on clothing items for children such as a winter coat winter shoes or summer items to pay now for essentials such as electricity and heat Esther Pugh manager of the Barnardo's centre in Lachlanstown or Leylandstown as it pronounced in uh, Dublin said uh, worried families hit by the rising cost of living are having to be resourceful from buying their children open-ended footwear such as flip-flops to get extended wear out of them to buying cheap pyjamas for their children to use as day wear. I lived through the 80s. I don't think there was anyone doing that or resorting to that back then. Ireland facing a winter food crisis. The good news continues. Padre Hoare also on the front page of the Examiner. Uh, Ireland could be heading into a winter food crisis with extreme weather and the Ukraine invasion severely straining on global supplies. One of Ireland's foremost climate scientists has warned Peter Thorne of Maynooth University, a professor there of physical geography and climate change, uh, has said that uh, the grain stock, which will be hugely expensive during the winter, is going to impact on a lot of things. Things that worry me right now are India, he says which has gone from a furnace to effectively a lake with a monsoon that's going to do a number on Indian food production. Europe, with its heat wave, is going to inevitably have a huge deficit in production. And much of the breadbasket of North America similarly is being baked at the moment. I'd be more worried about the international dimensions and the implications in particular to the feedstock into the winter as Ireland imports almost all of its animal feedstock. And if there is uh, shortages of grain and other food sources, the likelihood is more 
will be diverted to human consumption. This is going to cause problems for the farmers. Uh, this means that grain stock will be hugely expensive coming into the winter. He said, I expect food inflation to be running north of 10%. I have no idea what feed grain uh, stocks or cattle will be running at. Uh, so there's an early warning of uh, bad things to come as the winter approaches. And house prices are going up. They're soaring and have soared by 3.8%. The average cost of property now 311,874. No wonder young people are leaving. House prices still going through the roof, rising almost 4%. In the second quarter of this year, figures released show today. The average cost of a home in that period was €311,874, up 9.5% on the same three months in 2021. God help you if you were trying to save uh, to catch up on the booming property market. Uh, The inflation, of course, is leaving your savings way behind what you'll need. The rural-urban gap in housing inflation continues to narrow, although rural areas are still seeing the largest increases. Prices shot up by 3.8% on average between March and June, the largest three-month gain in nearly two years. I can see it easing off, you know. The, uh, there's going to be two or three interest rate rises over the course of the next of the, uh, the rest of the year, I think. Um, but it's not like the last time. When the bubble burst the last time, it was uh, because of an oversupply of credit to the market. The banks were giving out willy-nilly. That's not happening now. So we might have uh, a mini-recession, inflation-driven uh, uh, but at least it's not going to be poverty or negative equity driven this time around. Anyway, let's go back to the papers. The Independent has landmark plan to help first time buyers set for July launch. Thousands of middle income home buyers are set to benefit from a landmark affordable housing scheme. It's designed to bridge the gap for those whose income is too low to get them a big enough mortgage to buy their first home. The First Homes Shared Equity Scheme is set to be rolled out from early July with 400 million euro in funding from the government. The three main banks have signed up to the scheme, which will see the state uh, providing an interest-free stake of up to 30% in the home. Now, that makes sense. If they take an interest-free stake that you can repay over the course of time, it's much better than, uh, you know, that first-time buyer's allowance or whatever was uh, trotted out the last time, which the taxpayer uh, essentially is paying for and is delivered to everyone, whether you need it or not. Um, Pretty much like, uh, I suppose, you could argue the children's allowance available to everyone, uh, whether you need it or not. But the three main banks have signed up to this scheme anyway. The high-profile measure has been subject to delay, but is now due to go live from the end of the first week in July, says uh, Housing Minister Dara O'Brien. Under the scheme, the purchase of new-built homes is to be jointly funded by the state and participating mortgage lenders. AIB, Bank of Ireland and Permanent TSB are on board for the scheme with other lenders expected to sign up. Let's see how it works. Uh, I would imagine that the uh, it'll be treated as essentially a deposit, but you'll owe that deposit back to the bank and the state jointly, something like that. Anyway, uh, targeting 200,000 homes, uh, sorry, 2,000 homes a year for the next three years under the scheme. Mr. O'Brien said the scheme would encourage builders to provide more homes for first-time buyers and rejected suggestions the scheme would add to property market inflation. This is $75 million a year out of a $15 billion mortgage budget. It's a tiny percentage. It's targeted and it's calibrated. The first home scheme will be headed up by former Home Building Finance Ireland executive Michael Broderick. Typical beneficiaries of the scheme would be a couple with an income of 70000 who want to buy a €320,000 new home. After putting up a 10% deposit, the most they can borrow is 277 This leaves a gap of 43 First Home would provide this amount as equity. 
with no interest for the first five years. The couple could also benefit from the state's help to buy scheme, which usually provides tax relief of up to 20% on the property's value. It's a, it's a maze of uh, navigating red tape and bureaucracy, I think. Uh, but I think that should be a welcome move uh, to those who are strapped, trying to keep up with house inflation uh, and their savings not being able to do it. Social welfare hike needed, 20 euros a week rise to make the difference. Uh, welfare payment should rise by 20 euros a week in the next budget to address the cost of living crisis, it has been claimed. The poor pensioners waited three years for a fiver. Uh, is it going to just be a one fell swoop 20 across the board? If it is, I hope the pensioners get it as well. Independent think tank uh, Social Justice Ireland today launches their budget 2023 choices document with, uh, which gives this advice to the government. Uh, tax credits that will be in there, welfare hikes, refundable tax credits and a living wage of at least twelve ninety an hour. Also, low-income households are being hit hardest by the crisis, which has seen fuel and food prices go through the roof. Check it out today. Uh, it's on page two of uh, The Sun. The independent minister demands 10 euro pension hike as coalition budget tensions grow. Junior Minister Joe O'Brien of the Green Party is calling for a minimum 10 euro increase in the weekly state pension and in social welfare payments in October's budget. An injection of 200 million into the working family payment and increases in the qualified child payment will also be sought in a bid to lift almost 40,000 people out of poverty. Hall's hell as TD flooded with passport plea calls. The desperate action is needed in a getaway crisis. TDs are receiving 40 to 50 calls a day from angry constituents who can't get passports in time to go on holidays. Uh, this comes as there's a huge surge in uh, British citizens applying for Irish passports as well, which is reported in the morning papers. But these revelations were made by two Sinn Féin Dole members, Imelda Munster and Johnny Brady. Foreign Affairs Minister Simon Coveney said the passport office was issuing a record 6,000 new passports a day, though that was still not meeting the demand. Most people apparently want mask wearing to come back on public transport and uh, over half of the Irish public believe that wearing masks on public transport and in shops should once again become mandatory to prevent further spread of COVID-19. A new poll has shown. I've lots more uh, from the papers to cover during the programme, but we do have a very important person uh, waiting for us on line one. And let us bid good morning and uh, bid hearty congratulations to Councillor Deirdre Ford, newly elected Lord Mayor and a councillor from Douglas as well. Good morning to you, Deirdre. Good morning indeed, Michael. How are you? Very good. I'm delighted for you. Uh, we've worked together before and uh, I've met you many times. And uh, let's get one point of protocol all the way out of the way. You are not called Lady Mayoress. 100% not. No. 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 I'm called Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor. Same as everybody Lord else. Mayor. Yes. Okay. Yes. The same as everybody else. And, and for for a long time, that's the title. Now, personally, I'm not going to be taking offence. Uh, when people, you know... Mistakenly call, call you Mary. Lady Mayoress or yeah, whatever. of course, yeah. because I know the Cork people have a tremendous affection for the title of Lord Mayor and for the Lord Mayor of Cork City. I've witnessed that already. Okay, I'm going to have to ask you a personal favour now. And this is in front of 70,000, 80,000, 90,000 people, but I'll be killed if I don't, right? So here we go. Right. My mother-in-law was 75 years of age yesterday and I never got to see her because we were actually in London. Uh, and I just wonder, would the new Lord Mayor wish Olive Murray uh, a very, very happy 75th birthday? I would be absolutely honoured to wish Olive Murray a very happy and a peaceful and an enjoyable 
happy birthday and go for it Olive okay. I hope you have the best day ever well done Deirdre thank you very much Lord Mayor for, for, uh, for doing that for me now um, it was of course a very happy occasion to have the chain um, lifted to your shoulders uh, outgoing Lord Mayor Colm Kelleher told me last Friday uh, he was surprised physically by the weight of it but also by of course uh, you know the metaphorical weight that it attaches to, to the person Yes, uh, it, it's quite weighty actually, and I'm not exactly Amazonian inspector, as anybody who knows me will testify. But I'm more concerned, really, about the office of Lord Mayor, and you know that the the history behind it, and the love the people of Cork exhibit towards it, and the respect. So I'm very mindful of that when I speak. I'm not speaking merely as a councillor, Deirdre Ford. It's the Lord Mayor of all of Cork City and I must remember that of all times I'm apolitical, I rise above all that, of course my job is to listen to the people hear what they're saying to me and to convey that back to my colleagues on Cork City Council and the executive and try and respond to those things mm-hmm. in fact over, over the last day or so I've got two emails from people with two suggestions one in relation to a tourism offer, which involves something very exciting in the city, and the other in relation to how the city could be improved. And that's what I want to hear. Okay, fantastic. Now, of course, for those with shorter memories, you are not the first female first citizen. Uh, on this day, 63 years ago, on June 24th, 1959, the first ever woman first citizen, uh, Jane Dowdall, was elected. But in the entire 20th century, Cork City has had two female Lord Mayors. So you're, you're picking up the mantle there uh, for the gender anyway. Yes, uh, and, you know, those ladies were tremendous. You know, they battled through the system and they reached the highest office and all credit to them. And they did their level best. But, you know, with over 52% of the population female, I think we have to up the stakes to try and encourage uh, far more female participation in politics at a local level and so on up to national level. And why should they stop there? I know that it's a core uh, uh, issue for Cork City Council and the executive. And, of course, we have a newly constituted women's caucus which was set up over a year ago and is driving a coach and four through all the issues to do with women. We meet uh, regularly and we're trying to identify the barriers to female participation um, not alone of um, you know, Cork people mm-hmm. maybe other people who come to live and share Cork with us that they might be interested in getting involved in public life because it's very rewarding, actually. Now, it can be a bit exhausting at times, um, but it, no two days are ever the same. And I think that's a wonderful life. It has given me tremendous love for it and love for the people that I represent. So will inclusivity and diversity be part of your, your theme for your tenure? But of course, always, I make no distinction. I think that Cork City Council, through its sanctuary runners and support for the city of the UNESCO City of Learning, uh, other supports that they... We have a wonderful team on Cork City Council under Kieran O'Connell and his team, and they do tremendous work in bringing in groups. Cork City Council actually works with over 500 community groups all over the city. Now, that's a fantastic testament that they can have 
contact in 500 community groups and where would we be without the community groups I mean they're the backbone of our society they get out and in fact yesterday I was up um, at the Camogie um, under 16 um, match in uh, Man and in uh, I met all the ladies there who made the tea who sold the tickets who manned the gates you know, who got the, the girls ready. You know, these people give up their time morning, noon and night, not just for today or tomorrow. And they go out and they do the work. And that's it. They're proactive. It's not reactive. They're thinking ahead and they have great plans. And they're one of the 500 groups all over the city that are doing the same. Okay. And do you get a, do you think you'll get a different reception from ladies such as you're just mentioning there? When they see a lady Lord Mayor coming and do they actually go over and maybe give you a hug that they wouldn't perhaps give a, a male Lord Mayor? Well, I got plenty of hugs <laughs> yesterday and <laughs> I, I take a hug when I can get it. <laughs> but no, I mean, they, they had a wonderful reception for me and of course we got the cup of tea and the sandwiches, which are all very important. And, uh, you know, as you're on the run from one uh, event to the other, the, the cup of tea is more than welcome. But it's more important that I listen to these groups and that I meet as many as I can because it's not about Deirdre Ford. It's about the Lord Mayor listening to all the people out there, what their issues are, what their desires are, what do they want because Cork City really represents the people. It's, a, it's people that make the city. And like we're on parallels for what they say about Cork City. And I love going everywhere. And people say, hi, Deirdre. And, you know, they recognize me and they chat away to me. There's no inhibitions and that's the way I want it. Fantastic. Uh, I think we have a kind of an unwritten rule in the, in the media of respect for the office. Uh, and that respect deflects to the person who's in the office, Deirdre. So what I'm trying to say is that there are tough questions I could stick to a politician that I might necessarily not stick to the president. Uh, there are tough questions I could stick to Councillor Deirdre Ford for that I may not uh, you know, hammer into Councillor Deirdre Ford, the Lord Mayor. And, and I want to keep it very, very positive, but I want to, I want to bring you a text that came in following uh, my interview with outgoing Lord Mayor Colm Keller last Friday. And it goes mm-hmm. like this. Colm Keller has some cheek coming on all jolly when the city is filthy dirty. Drunks, addicts, beggars, homeless, empty shops, derelict buildings all over the city, a conference centre that's taking a lifetime to deliver, and no Garda in the city centre. You should have asked him make what he achieved in his time in office. Dinners, an overpaid job, chauffeur-driven, and they speak and act as if everything is grand. What a joke, says Desi. So indirectly, I'm asking you, I suppose, to comment on, uh, with all of the problems that we have in the city, uh, how can you justify having what people see as a well-paid chauffeur-driven drop. I know it's a symbolic role, and I know you have a leadership role, and I know you have a political representation role for the city uh, to to portray abroad or to the wider public, if you like. But there are a lot of problems that could be addressed, do you think, in your tenure? Well, there's always a lot of issues that we can uh, tackle, and we're not blind 
you know, to the issues that are out there. And as you say, uh, my job is to listen to every viewpoint. But of course, there's many more positive things about Cork City. I prefer to focus on the positives while trying to do something about the issues that some people, a small group of people, might cause in the city. I could tell you, count on 10 fingers, the issues that are so good for the city, like we have a city revitalisation plan. We're going to redouble our efforts to deliver on that. You know, Cork is earmarked for between 50 and 60% increase over the next 20 years. It's going to be transformational. That will bring investment inwards. So I believe that it's important to have a focus, the office of the Lord Mayor, that encourage that investment and meet people and sell the city because the more investment we have, the more money we'll have to tackle the issues, you know, such as you you um, outlined there. And, you know, uh, there, so far, two billion infrastructure investment is planned for Cork under the National Development Plan. And, of course, tonight we're having our uh, uh, city development plan, which will deliver over 20,000 homes over the lifetime of the plan. And, you know, we will improve the transport, housing, culture, public realm and drainage and flood defences. And the city development plan will also uh, deliver 31,000 jobs over the lifetime. So this will all draw, uh, you know, people into the city. It will also draw funds into the city. And the more we have, the more we can do. We have a tremendous working operations directive and it's not easy because there's many calls on dividing up the cash, if you like, to tackle things. You know, we're improving lighting, we're improving footpaths, we have McCurtain Street earmarked, we have uh, the Coal Cay earmarked, we have uh, the new library in the city. And I'm conscious also that the businesses in the city contribute so much and I want to make sure that their voice is heard because they give employment and they are also part of the fabric of the city. The, the, the uh, problems that are created by a few small group of people, we will tackle them and we will move forward positively uh, to sell that city, to create that growth because obviously Cork is going to be the second city now we all think it's the first city but it's earmarked for such transformational growth we can already see it the Cork Docklands 146 hectares is going to be utterly transformational with uh, homes, hotels um, recreation and amenity, schools you can see what the councillor are doing down the marina uh, so many greenways. I, I could list off so many. So I understand that people, not everybody is happy. Mm. My job there is to take that on board, such as the email I got over the weekend, with a positive suggestion. So if anybody out there has issues that they are unhappy with, I'm happy to hear them. But please also give me their idea of solutions. And I promise as Lord Mayor of the whole city, that I will go to the colleagues in Cork City Council and I will go to the executive and I will work day and night to see that we lift all boats okay. to rising tide. Yeah, because De- Desi says you've deftly, like a politician, will, you, you know, you've turned the negative question into a, let's look at the positives. But uh, you are aware of the 
you know, the addicts, the beggars, the homeless, the empty shops, the derelict buildings all over the city, as Desi's uh, text has said. And you will be concentrating on the negatives to turn them into positives. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I am indeed. I, I, I already know the Cork City Council have plans to tackle the dereliction and they've moved forward on that, which is, on the face of it, seems simple to tackle. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes it can be quite complicated with legal implications. But nonetheless, we have to redouble our efforts. Only last week, I went to Dublin for uh, an EPP women's conference and I met uh, Minister Helen McEntee and I asked her, would she come to Cork to hear any issues that we might have? And I also know that Councillor Damien Boylan, my Deputy Lord Mayor, um, is going to chair the uh, Joint City Policing Board. And I've asked him, will he write to the Commissioner to come down over a cup of tea and meet us and meet the businesses and meet people that can help resolve the issues. We're absolutely determined. And I think the people who know me know I'm straight to the point. We've cut out the waffle and we will highlight uh, the priorities, and we try and tackle them one by one. I can promise the people that. Yes, okay. Uh, we have a text. Uh, best of luck, Deirdre. You've come a long way from Passage West. That's from Frick. <laughs> oh, Frick. <laughs> Thank you, Frick. Delighted that people are still contacting me all over the place. It's just wonderful. And people that I haven't heard from for years, it touches my heart, actually. Because, you know, that's the great thing about the people in Cork. And even Passage West, as I well know, you know, they're so welcoming and they're so joyful. And even though there are problems and people uh, come together to help try and solve problems and people are very kind, they're, I don't know, it's just, you know, that they, they never forget you. You know, mm. that kind of thing. And of course, Mar- Marcia Dalton's doing great work there. And, and I mention her as a politician because she foreswore going for uh, a TD position in, in, in favour of staying local and, and being with her family. And uh, she's doing great work in that area too. Super. I got, I got on very well with Marcia, both, uh, you know, as a fellow female colleague and as a politician, I have great respect. I have respect for everyone, no matter what political uh, entity they're coming from or philosophy because they represent their people and their voice has to be heard and I will uh, I think that I have demonstrated over the years that I never ask what political party a person is before I respond to their issue that would be going against the grain it's about Cork it's about the people it's about making this city second to none and driving forward with the potential it has and the money that the government has allocated for us to utilise every bit of that and also to tackle climate issues and Cork has the proud distinction of being accepted in the 100 climate neutral cities by 2030 which is a core issue for, for the council and for the executive and that will also draw in further investment, quality of life you know, a nice city to live in with more green spaces, with more parks. I, I myself uh, um, have asked that we would, and you might be familiar with this, 
a tree-lined avenue of remembrance and celebration for those we lost during the pandemic in uh, the Tremor Valley Park, where people, you know, these kissing trees, uh-huh. where people might have, uh, you know, an avenue to walk and remember their loved ones. And I want that there would be a facility for those families maybe to purchase a tree and have it installed in memory of their loved one, so that it, for generations of uh, to come, Cork people would know and remember the the horrible time for the pandemic and how the whole city and the frontline workers and the executive and the local authority and the councillors, the Gardaí, the fire brigade, the people that worked in shops, the taxi drivers, how everyone pulled together to rescue us mm-hmm. and to pull us through this. There's a wonderful place called the King's Mile looking down over the city of Perth in Western Australia where the bereaved families in the First World War planted a tree for their for their lost and loved ones. Uh, those are mighty oaks and, and mighty trees right now, you know, 105 years later. And if we could make sure those trees were CCTV'd and survive vandalism, I think you could be onto something. Well, thank you for that, because I, I have a couple of more ideas that I think we will put Cork on the map, and I'd be bringing those to my colleagues and the executive in due course. But yes, I think, you know, people are conscious now of the wonderful um, value of trees, and like Tremor Valley Park, such an asset. It's like when it's completely developed, it will be just tremendous and it will connect, you know, the extension of the city to the city and people will go through it to, you know, value it. I see people running, walking. We want more usage of it. Cork has tremendous assets. I, I accept I'm not blind. I'm a realist to the issues. But as I say, we're going to put the best foot forward and, you know, tackle the issues and as I repeat, we, to a man or a woman in city council, and I say this, and the staff, we will all be together to try and drive on for the ambition of Cork. Dear to recent Lord Mayors, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Joe Cavan in particular, used social media to, to, a, you know, to great effect to keep in touch with what was going on and what he was doing on a daily mm. basis with uh, Lady Mayor Stephanie. Um, do you have any such uh, ambitions, or will there be a sort of a monthly from the Lord Mayor's desk sort of a missive coming out or how will you keep people in touch? That's a great idea and I know that was very successful. I will be sitting down with the comms team to work out how best to do that because I was trying to do it myself but as you know I just wouldn't have time now and when people email me I want to make sure that nothing is missed and I have a tremendous team in City Council. Nicola, my secretary, um, you know, handles all the uh, the emails that come in or any of the queries in my diary. But I agree, it is important to keep people in the loop. And not alone that, what's happening on a daily basis? It's a series of little steps down streets, Oliver Plunkett Street, all the different streets. Um, it's a series of letting people know the wonderful work that's going on uh, instead of having a negativity take over. Okay. And of course, people can write to me, the Lord Mayor at City Council, and we will do our level best to get back to you. Two, in, two texts into, into one, Deirdre, because time is against me. Uh, Deirdre has mentioned having seven cups of, t- of tea thus far, and after all those cups of tea, where can she go to the toilet in the city? I now have to plan my trips in around the few toilets that are available. Why aren't there more public toilets in the city? That's from Mary. And an unnamed texter says, lots of road surfaces in Cork City are falling apart, but the new Lord Mayor harps on about the climate. Any chance of getting the basics right for a change? Could you 
answer those two in one. Well, I, first of all, there is a plan to uh, install new public toilets. I'm very conscious of it, and I wish more people would treat them with respect. They're very necessary. Of course, during the pandemic, I saw plenty of women who were badly caught, and men too, may I say, and of course, the children. So you can rest assured we have a, a good plan to improve those facilities in the city. And the roads, of course, the basics matter. Um Basics are never far from our agenda. There will always be repair work that needs to be done. And, you know, the more money we make and the more money we get from government, and if necessary, I won't be long going up to Dublin and sitting down with the Oireachtas colleagues um, and saying to them, come on, we have to look after Cork now and we need more money for all these projects. We have to keep the Cork people happy. We have to try Okay, uh, Lord Mayor Ford, let me finish with your own words, and I'm quoting you here. Our city is defined by its warm and welcoming people, its sense of community, its thriving art, culture and heritage. We must endeavour to support our hard-working business community, those who create jobs and come up with ideas, those who give, un- uh, who give employment and who are critical to the economic growth of our city. Despite the uncertainty ahead, we must continue to be optimistic and ambitious, building connections through air and sea links to Europe and beyond. Councillor Deirdre Ford, now elevated to the position of our first citizen. So, Lord Mayor Deirdre Ford, it's been a pleasure to have you on your first weekday in office, uh, your first Monday, as it were, and uh, to wish you all the very best for the year ahead. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Bye-bye. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And a very good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show. It is uh, 18 and a half minutes now to uh, 10 o'clock. Jerry is on line two and we're now about to tackle an issue we probably would have started with. Uh, but we have to greet our incoming Lord Mayor first. Good morning to you, Jerry. Good morning. How are you? Very, yeah. very good. Roe versus Wade. The U.S. Supreme Court on Friday voted to overturn Roe versus Wade in a landmark decision. That means millions of women will lose the legal right to abortion. It's delighting you? Absolutely thrilled. You know, I think it's it's about time now the mass torturous cruel killing of the unborn should be stopped and give up all this this so-called cruelty being called liberal. It's not liberal, it's criminal. This has been going on for far too, life, too, too, too long. And the rubbish that has come out in the media there on Sunday, women's reproduction rights stopped. Absolutely another cruel, dishonest lie. To have the, the option of abstinence or contraception. Well, it's and too late for abstinence. Those, it's too late for abstinence if they find they themselves... Should have that be, they should have thought of that before they became pregnant or con- and contraception. They should not have been so careless. And, and, and if both of those, they decide to skip both of those, there's also the option of adoption. But there is not the adoption to murder the unborn. Murder is never a moral choice. It's always an immoral act. It's absolutely crazy. And in Ireland... They kill the unborn by torturing them. They don't even give them a pain relief. Absolutely despicable. They follow up one atrocity with another. And they go on about, about, about no rights for the unborn, only rights for, for women and for the men who push for abortion, which there are many out there. I've met many men who are in favour of abortion. I've met very many women who are against abortion. So it's not a gender war. Sometimes it's put forward as all men are against abortion and all women are far. That is far from the truth. 
Now, when you think about Holy Joe, Rosary Beads Biden, he has no talk about the right of the unborn, whether they're three months old, six months old, or nine months old. But you, you would contend that life begins at conception and needs to be nurtured and protected. Yeah, just like all of us. No okay. different or worse. We didn't, none of us came in by parachute. So three things that can happen if people don't want children, and I'm, I'm cognizant That's that right. uh, obviously some of these are already too late if women find themselves in this position. One is abstinence, two, contraception, and if neither of those work, there is adoption, not abortion. Uh, so you're going to attend the march in Dublin on the 1st of July for the anti-abortion march, Jerry, are you? Most, I, I would, I'd certainly like to go eyeball to eyeball with this, these cruel, torturing murderers of the unborn. They're very foul-mouthed and they're very loud, but they haven't the slightest respect for the trauma it causes many women. They ignore that. There is mental anguish uh, which, which leads to regret or disturbance for the rest of their lives. They ignore that fact that happens to women. And two, they never mention the unborn. Absolutely never. Okay. They have no respect for whether it is three months, whether they kill the baby after three months, six months, or nine months. Should there be but more that, effective that male contraception then than just condoms? There could be, yeah, well, there, could, there should be if they're available. And there's female contraception. And there's also then, at the end of the day, there's many people who would love to have a baby and unfortunately are not able to have a baby. Well, therefore, you should do the caring and honest thing and give that baby to those loving parents. Not what, what, what about, You've no right. What, what about women who lose the sanctity of their bodies through being forced upon and being raped? Would you have uh, any yeah, consideration they should have access to that, abortion? That's very interesting, oh, Michael. That's very interesting. This was, the, this was the pup we were sold nearly four, four years ago about extreme circumstances like rape, incest, or fatal fetal abnormalities. This now was a devious deception to try and bring in mass abortion. Over 21,000 unborn babies killed over the last three years. Well, I'm not being precise when I say killed. They were, they were willfully killed, therefore it's murder. Now, in the case of rape, I would be all far in the following morning with a written statement I was raised, raped, take the morning after pill. All in favour of that, because whether it be gang, gang rape or singular rape, that's great, that's a massive offence. But you don't murder the innocent because of the wrong of the guilty. But you, see, you, you seem to have very simple and emphatic solutions, Jerry, to other, why, why, what, what why, can be why, why very it, complex issues. No, it's not. Why put in complications when none exist? Why make the water dirty when it's clean? So force raped women to have babies, is it? What a load of rubbish, Michael. You don't force them to have babies. You give them what you have the option of taking the morning after pill. If they're raped, now if they become pregnant and discover after 12 weeks, their option then is to put that baby up for, up for adoption. They have absolutely no right to kill the person who had nothing to do with the rape. You don't murder the innocent because of the wrong of the guilty. That's logically and obviously wrong. I mean, you don't have to be a mathematical scientist or, 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 or an atomic scientist to know to work that out. But of course, with devious deception, that the obvious is always ignored. You must provide for selfishness and carelessness. And that's what motivates abortion. Selfishness, because they don't want the responsibility of, of raising a baby. And, and if I'm not going to have him, nobody's going to have him. I'm not even going to give it to another person. Well, I Jerry, Roe Ro versus Wade, about, about 49 years ago, they're saying 50, but it was actually 49, decided that a woman had an absolute right to abortion in the first three months of pregnancy and limited rights not. in the second trimester. Um, no, because 
No, because the obvious thing is that we were three months old fetus at one time. We were six months old fetus one time. We're a nine months old fetus at one time. Every one of us, we were all unborn babies at one stage. And yet the idea of you terminate it, that's another word they use, it, as if the unborn baby is a golf ball or a tennis ball. It's a human being. It's every much right to live as I have or you have or any man or woman. You do not murder an innocent person. It's despicable. And you know the commies, the Nazis and the abortionists, they all rule by cruelty and dishonesty. I, just, I have no total contempt for, the, for the, the far ridiculous right and I have total contempt for the far lunatic left. And Ireland is full of both. But, yeah. the, but the U.S. There, the U.S. There, Supreme there, Court there, is there, now very obviously there, leading there, to the right. No, but there's, there's no such thing as leading to the right or left. There's a centrist. You either you either want you either allow the unborn person to live, or you kill him. That's not far right or far left. That's murder. Okay. It's nothing to do with far right and far left. I'm a, I'm an absolute infinite centrist. That's the only way a society or an individual can be balanced. So you are delighted now that Roe versus Wade is overturned and, uh, as you see it, the unborn are now being protected by the Supreme Court decision. Yes, and the, and, and the, and the women who attacked children can also be protected. All right, not, Jerry. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have lots of comments on it and uh, everyone is welcome to call us, of course, 0818104106. Thanks, Jerry. You can also text well, us 0868104106. Back in a moment. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Nine minutes to ten. Good morning. Uh, what is Roe versus Wade? Just in case uh, you were wondering, because the U.S. Supreme Court on Friday voted to overturn uh, Roe versus Wade, possibly America's most famous uh, court case. It's a landmark decision. It now means millions of women will lose the legal right to abortion in most of the states in uh, in any case. Uh, but Roe versus Wade uh, and the decision was a landmark Supreme Court ruling back in 1973. It legalized abortion across the USA and Jane Roe, who was later identified by the way as Norma McCorvey, uh, was an unmarried pregnant woman who was unable to get an abortion in her home state of Texas where the procedure was illegal. She filed a lawsuit against her district attorney who was Henry Wade, hence Roe versus Wade, arguing that Texas abortion laws infringed on her constitutional rights. And after Texas judges sided with Roe, the case was elevated to the U.S. Supreme Court and the a decision there came back at 7-2, to two, ruling that the te- uh, Texas law was overly broad and infringed on a woman's constitutional right to privacy, which they stated was an element of the liberty guaranteed by the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And it established from the outset, uh, it established that a woman had an absolute right to abortion in the first three months of pregnancy, as I mentioned to Jerry, and then limited rights in the second trimester. But the judges decided that a woman's right to privacy was not absolute. So they gave governments the right to regulate abortions in the second trimester to protect prenatal life. And abortions in the third trimester were banned altogether, except in cases where they were needed to protect the mother's life. And those opposing the legality of the of abortion argue that, of course, life begins at conception, although the court effectively disagreed, saying that the U.S. Constitution's use of person in establishing inalienable rights, I've always had trouble with that word, um, does not represent unborn fetuses. So everything has changed now, uh, and it's been overturned. John is on line one. Hi, John. How are you doing? Very good, and yourself? 
Oh, not too bad at all. You think this um, came along at the right time for Joe Biden then? Oh, listen, it's ironic that he's uh, pushing gun laws to protect children. Yet 50 million babies over uh, 49 years have been uh, killed. Mm. And, and without, a, without a peep out of them. The biggest threat to uh, child life, um, and I'm talking about, I, I don't want to be getting it, muddying the waters now because we're, we're in the middle of an abortion debate, but the, the biggest threat to a school-going child's life, shall we say, uh, is actually a gun. Uh, they, there are more children being killed now by guns in America than are dying, for instance, in car crashes, etc. So the biggest yeah, the danger yeah, is actually a gun. Yeah, but the Democrats are after the NRA and they've been after them for some time. And uh, there's nobody from the NRA, to the best of my knowledge, or anybody I know, belong to the NRA, have, has went into a school or, or opened up on, on uh, uh, a crowd of people. I think the NRA are a bankrupt organisation, aren't they? In Chapter 12 or Chapter 13 or whatever it is over there, bankrupt? Well, that, that's a mystery. That doesn't mean that they're still going uh, and, and, and be shooting at people. No, this is about the gun lobby. There's, there's, the Democrats want uh, the, the gun lobby uh, taken out of, out of American uh, history, which, which is protected under the Constitution. Now, they had no problem with Roe versus Wade being in the Constitution, but they do have a problem with the right to be arms. So uh, you can be making up your own mind about uh, the logic that goes along with uh, these people. Okay, but uh, any, anyone looking at the recent placements onto the Supreme Court, um, you'll be forgiven for thinking they're moving inexorably towards the right. They, they've recently... No, but but, but there, there, is, there is no right or left. Why to not? Kill the unborn, to, kill the un, to kill the unborn... I'm talking politically. I'm not talking about this decision. I'm talking politically. They, they have recently, in the last month, they have enshrined uh, uh, a gun law and they've made it more difficult for states to challenge gun ownership uh, so they're well, they're moving towards the right when it comes to the Second Amendment. Well, everybody in this country who who, uh, who holds a, a weapon has to be vetted uh, to to check that you're suitable for to to, to to keep it, and which is which is fine. I have no problem with that. But there, there are laws there when you had the likes of that last shooting, where the guy got up and he had a bad hair morning and he decided that he was going to go, go out to the school and, and and shoot up the school and kill innocent children. It's happening nearly every week in America. Yeah, well, it's happening in other places as well. That it's unreported. We had two, we had twenty-two people, twenty-two kids uh, killed in the Shubin in, in South Africa uh, over the weekend, and it's getting uh, very little press because they weren't shot; they were probably poisoned. But there's still twenty-two uh, uh, children dead. Okay, we have lots of texts coming in. Get that ignorant, not you, the, the one be, uh, caller before you. Get Jerry off the air, an ignorant man. I'm disgusted listening to him and you're giving him airtime. What if a woman or a girl was raped or abused? I put that to him. This is disgraceful. Please take that traditional-minded, inconsiderate goal off the air, not worth the airtime. Uh, ask him about the mental implications of a raped woman have to having to raise that child or put the child up for adoption. But what? She, don't, she, she don't have to rape the child. If she can go and say that she's been raped as a morning after pill, that many a woman has taken advantage of after after a night out, after she was after being you know mm. having sex with somebody. No, not having sex with someone raped. Yeah, but it's the same thing. You have a woman went out and she was God forbid that she would be raped. You're just saying you having know? sex is the same as being raped. Now we're going to get no, phone calls. No, 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 I did not. So hold on a while now. Don't be putting words in my mouth. There's women going out and they're having sex and they decide that the next day, oh shit, I could be pregnant. I better get the after morning pill, and that's fine. 
And if there's a woman after being raped and she goes to her doctor and she says, I've been raped and I need the morning after pill, it should be given to her. She don't, ha- she don't have to carry a child for nine months. Okay, that's fair enough. So where do we go from here? Where do you think Roe versus Wade will bring America from here? Well, there'll be a lot more children alive anyway, and and uh, it will give people uh, the chance to see the hour of their ways, you know. All right, John. Listen, thanks for, for dialing in the program. We appreciate your, about your input. Thank you very much. Uh, I want yeah. to read you a, prom, a poem by uh, Brian Bilston, and I know we're on the abortion issue, but uh, when he brought up the guns, I just brought this up one up on my phone. This is by Brian Bilston. Uh, it's called America is a Gun. England is a cup of tea, France a wheel of ripened brie, Greece a short squat olive tree, America is a gun, Brazil is football on the sand, Argentina Maradona's hand, Germany an oompa band, America is a gun, Holland is a wooden shoe, Hungary a goulash stew, Australia is a kangaroo, America is a gun, Japan is a thermal spring, Scotland is a highland fling, oh better to be anything than America as a gun. So says Brian Bilston. Coming up uh, on uh, 10 o'clock, news on the way. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And Jerry got it off his chest. He was very emphatic in what he wanted to say. He rejoins us because we've had a lot of polarized opinion, Jerry. Uh, We've got, uh, I think it's about 50-50 supporting you uh, and against you. And I know you're strong enough of character uh, to to listen to these texts and give your comments. Oh, I'd love to take them on. Okay, okay. First one, get him off the radio. What the hell does he know about getting pregnant or having a baby or being a woman? <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, I know, I know women very well, and I'm, not, I'm a man. I'm not going to get pregnant. Good. And just because, and you have a choice of getting pregnant or not. In 99.9% of the cases, it's your choice, and you have a choice through abstention or contraception not to get pregnant. Okay. I mean, this rubbish that, that you have to get pregnant. Not if you're raped, once again, not if you're raped. I hear we go again, raped. I already went through that, Michael. All that right, let's, get, let's get to the second one. I just had to say it. Yeah. Uh, the very reason yeah. we all exist right now is because we were born, not aborted. I'm sure you'll agree with that. I will. Okay. Hi, more men should man up and get the snip. Women, women should have free contraception to reduce the need to have an abortion. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's your choice. That's fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so you're just either going to agree or argue fully against. Okay, I can't believe this, but I actually agree with this gentleman. Uh, And I'm a woman. Well done, Jerry. You made it very simple. However, life is not that simple. But well done for being the voice of the unborn, says Dean Blarney. Not much you can say to that, really. She's agreeing with you. Uh, Hi, Mick. I noticed nothing was said by Jerry about men's responsibility for contraception. Uh, I think we did. I think we did discuss that, actually. Uh, Is it all the woman's fault for getting pregnant? Men can use contraception, too. And any man... Who does not want children uh, ever can get a vasectomy? Thank you, says Kira. Not much we can say there. Uh, get yeah, him off the air, ignorant man. I'm disgusted <laughs> listening to him, and yet you're giving him airtime. Uh, what if a woman oh, yeah. or a girl was raped or abused? And that's yeah. that comment. Yeah, don't give a person who wants to save the unborn or who wants to help a woman airtime. You know, never mind the unborn. He doesn't have any life. He's only in it. I mean, that kind of nasty nonsense, cruel, cowardly rubbish. I mean, she'd want to cop herself on and stop calling people who are reasonable and logical, ignorant or caring. I mean, let her come on the phone to me and I'll have a chat with her. Okay, ask him about... If she has the guts to do it, 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure many would have the guts to come on and take you on, but we're looking for them, believe me. Uh, ask him about the mental implications of a raped woman having to raise that child or even put that child up for adoption after bringing the child to full term. Mental implications there. I've already, already answered that, that if you are raped, you can take the morning after pill. As simple as that. You can, and you can't hang around and wait until about 10 weeks. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, no, I'm going to kill the innocent because of the wrong of the unborn. That's not. There's plenty of counselling services out there. Plenty of them. You don't, have to, you don't have to murder the unborn innocent baby at all. Yeah, no, nothing he... to do with the rape. He need nothing to do with the rape whatsoever. Up by all means, you can give the rapist 20 years in prison. I'd be up for that, all right. Okay, now hang, hang on. You, you, you say you're on the air trying to help women, but really the only way you were trying to help women is either the abstinence or contraception side. If the woman falls yeah, pregnant, uh, whatever, whatever way, uh, you know, with consent or without consent, Let's just put it that yeah. way. If a woman falls pregnant, you're not really wanting to help her at all, are you? If 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 an abortion is what no, she you, 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 is what she wants, no, she, no, if abortion is what she wants, what she's doing is morally wrong. You cannot kill an, un, an innocent unborn baby, whether she's raped or not raped. I mean, she took the she took the the the, 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 the choice to possibly become pregnant. It didn't it didn't just happen to her unknown. That was her free choice, and she became pregnant. No, she can't say, ah, no. I don't think I'd like a baby to interfere with my life, so I'm going to murder the unborn. That's absolutely dishonest and cruel. It's ludicrous talk. Fiona's on line one. Good morning, Fiona. Hi, how's it going? Good. Um, Agree or disagree with Jerry? I disagree with Jerry. Look, Jerry, what defines being alive? You have to be born, don't you? Sorry? Say that again? You have to be born to be alive. So how can you kill the unborn? No, 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 no. Stop. When you were an unborn baby in the womb, you were alive. Listen, Jerry, Jerry, look, I was an aborted baby myself. My mum aborted me at six weeks. You were lucky to survive, and she shouldn't have. I didn't survive. Well, why, are you, why are you talking to me, so? I'm talking to you from the afterlife, but... Oh, yeah, I bet you are. Okay, Start being caring and reasonable and stop acting the Egypt. What, what's your point, Fionn? What, what point do you want to make against Jerry? Come on, Phil. Fionn. Oh, we've lost him, okay. Let's go to line three. Yeah. Uh, line three, and uh, it is Phil. Come on, Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello. Okay, you need to turn off the radio, Phil, because it's, it's going... It's oh, going to... All right, Thanks. I was yeah. just... Sorry, yeah. um... Right. Okay, no problem. Okay, uh, so you you want to say uh, that man is a bully and ignorant. Are you talking about Fionn or Jerry? Uh, I'm talking about Jerry. Is that the fellow that's just on at the minute now? He's there now. You can I'm you can talk away to him. That said nobody would take him on. We didn't think anyone would, so we uh, we salute your bravery. Right, Off you go. Well, I'll take him on. Great. All right. Will I talk now? Please, please do, Phil. All right. Um, listen to me. That man now would drive me sane. I'm an old woman. But people have the right to do we all have free will. And he's there now. It, and in my opinion, Ben should give any say. I think, I think the, do- the dog is getting more airtime than you there, Phil. The dog. I can't yes, hear sorry, the dog. I put him out. <laughs> thanks, yes, thanks, Emil. I mean, Jerry is never going to get pregnant, is he? That's of course, he, he, he's admitted that's a no, physical I, impossibility. I, I, I certainly won't get pregnant, no. Just because Jerry is a, no. is, is a man doesn't, need, he, doesn't mean he can't stand for his own 
heartfelt opinions in protecting the unborn. Exactly. But it's a woman's choice at the end of the day. Now, I'm old. I wouldn't be going down that road. But in this day and age, and rape is disgusting. Where were all the men, where all these girls were in the baby homes? Look at the suffering they went through. The men didn't go through any of it. Well, a, yeah, lo- a, lot of the, a lot of that, Phil, a lot of that, Phil, to be fair, uh, and the reason that most offenders found some solace and some protection uh, under the cloak of the church was, was, was that sexuality was massively repressed in this country by both church and state. It was, the church, exactly. definitely, without a doubt. But I say, I mean, was he, where were all the men for those poor girls and the babies? Look at all the babies that were taken from them and sold off to people in America. I mean, what went down there? I mean, it was horrendous what they suffered. But Jerry didn't suffer, did he? That's not the point. You're way off. You're way off the mark there, no. No, you're way off, Jerry. No, you're not even talking talking about abortion. Listen, what happened in the Magdalene Laundries and and the industrial school was despicable. It was absolutely wrong. And and now, now, hang on, don't bother me blaming the church, state, uh, and the Magdalene Ordinary, or the industrial so much. What happened back in the 50s is you had these fellas, uh, sexual education was poor, or, or, although that's often an excuse. You had these young fellas and girls getting together. One of them gets pregnant. Now they go home, then now the parents are horrified. One, there's a massive shame the worst thing in the world was to be an unmarried mother at the time. Yes. And two, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford her or her baby to look after him. wasn't wasn't just young fellas either, Jerry. They they they, they no, were no, mar- they were married that, they were married men fathering yes, children. Men as well. I know. Yeah, that, that that's beside the point. But that's true also. But no, what happened then? They couldn't afford to look after the babies at home. They were horrified at the unborn at, at the unmarried mother. They couldn't afford it. So what did the what did the father and the mother decide to do? Dump the, 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 the mother and baby outside outside a, a, a religious order. Listen, Personally, guys, I, I, know, I know I'm going off topic here, but I just wanted no, to... and that's off target, but that's off target, I know. But, I mean, don't be saying that, that society at the time had nothing to blame. Society were very responsible for their did, and so was the state. They didn't fund, they didn't fund the, 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 these um, seminaries very well. Three, they turned a blind eye to it. Four, then you had these seminaries overloaded with unborn babies. What were they going yes. to do? Tell me, put them out in the streets like they do in Calcutta. Put them out in the streets like they do in Calcutta in India and let them die on the side of the road. Guys, I, I know it's, un- I know it's yeah. unrelated, but I just wanted to commend the efforts being made by Minister Roderick O'Gorman, who last week enacted legislation that would allow, in most cases, the adopted full access to their birth records, uh, right up to the point where refusal is made by the parent, uh, in case it might damage a family or whatever. But we're, we're essentially seeing full, unredacted, no black lines access to information that for 40 or 50 years was prohibited. And I just wanted to mention that as, as we're on that yeah. topic. But, but let's, let, but the let's, let, let's get back the to the, let, let's get back yeah. to abortion. The Roe the Ro versus Wade overturning uh, is probably going to see abortion uh, made illegal in all but about eight or nine of the United States. Uh, and that's a happy day for you, Jerry. What do you think about it, Phil? Absolutely. Oh, I th- no, I think it's wrong. I think it's a disgrace to tell you the truth. And where are all these men? How did the girls get pregnant? The men took no responsibility oh, for it. Come on, you're going over, you're, you're going over the same. No, 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 no. Which, which, so which, which, which I've answered numerous times. Listen now, if a girl gets pregnant, she has to get pregnant by a man. Okay? So yeah. then, right, if her parents couldn't deal with this, 
Where was he? Why didn't he support her? Well, that's his fault. That's right. I'm, but that doesn't defend abortion. That's only ridiculous. Like Listen to me. If it's men might it's control... totally it's irrational. It's totally irrational. No, no, no. If he, men, had, he, had a duty of, he had a duty of care and he didn't do it. That's, that's yeah. his wrong. It's not the unborn baby's wrong, though. Jerry, yeah. can, Jerry, can I put it to you? Do, do you have children yourself, Jerry? A bit more. Jerry, yeah. do you have children yourself? I have. Okay, you have a daughter, yeah? No, I have a, bo- a boy. Okay, well, if you had a daughter, uh, I'm only asking yeah. you to surmise here now. What, uh, what, no, fair enough. What, what would you do or how would you feel if she was raped or became unknowingly pregnant past the effective time frame for the emergency pill, etc.? H- how would you feel? Would you be parentally strong and morally telling her you must bring the baby to full term? No, I'd say she w- you can't kill the unborn baby. He didn't do anything wrong. We should prosecute the, 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 the rapist. No matter the effects but, on your but, daughter? No, but she'll get counselling for the best of her ability and two, two, she has also the choice of yeah, putting the baby up for adoption. She can put, she can put, the, she can put the baby up for adoption. Well, she most certainly cannot murder an, un, an unborn innocent baby. So you put your grandchild up for adoption, would you? I would. Uh, well, dependent on my daughter. That's dependent on my daughter. Her, that's her choice. Not oh, mine. she gets a choice then. Okay. Phil, Phil, you want to come in there? She does always choice. I do, because she doesn't choice. get a choice at all. She and does. he's saying, yes, go full term, don't abort the baby, and have it adopted. How do you think yeah. that girl, that mother would feel having to give away her baby? Do you well, know the pain she suffered? Listen yeah, to that's me. that's her choice. No, because the men, men, no, men. They just wanted a bit of fun, but they didn't give a damn about the woman or the baby. No, that's very true, because they're, they're guilty of rape and should be punished. But the, ba- the unborn baby did nothing wrong. He should not be tortured to death by, by a non-pain relief killing that, that, that Ireland do at the moment. They don't even give, administer pain relief to the unborn baby that they're about to murder. They don't even give pain relief. And, just, and you can be damn sure, like in America, they do it after six months. I have heard cases of nine months and they well, couldn't give a disgrace. damn about the unborn baby. It is a disgrace no. whether it be three months, I never heard months of that. nine no. months. Yeah, never heard of that. Of it. Well, 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 that's the truth. That's, and you must, you must show a bit, of, a, bit, a bit of caring for the innocent unborn. Yeah. Have, well, maybe you would, the, the best you could do now, Jerry. She, she could have the best you could options. do now, Jerry. She can, take, she can take the morning after, Phil. She can, she, she, she can, or she can put continue with the pregnancy, take the child or give the unborn baby to somebody who'd love to have an unborn baby. But she has But do you think she'd love to give up her baby? Do you think she'd love to give up her baby? She can keep it. That's the choice. After all her her pain and suffering, mentally, physically, emotionally, and they're talking about the man. Well, if the men men control themselves... We wouldn't have the situation. The men are equally guilty. The men are equally yes. guilty. Well, then don't you go yeah, and then, keep and talking about abortion because be that's the woman. But, but, but you don't murder the unborn baby no matter how guilty the man is. You do not murder the she, unborn baby. You're talking a load she, of rubbish she, to tell you the she, truth, Jerry. She, she or he has done absolutely nothing wrong. And how dare they kill that unborn baby with torture or even get the baby even pain relief. And then you dump him into a bin. And then put him into an incinerator. Are you happy with that? Of course, I'm not happy with, with it. No, well, you but you would have taken the point at all, you see. You sound as if you condone it. No, but I think people should have a choice. 
particularly but women in this situation. Murder, murder is never, murder is never a choice. It's always well, immoral. Phil, Phil, yeah. Phil, are you are you an advocate for abortion to be available to yeah. women in the first, say, nine to twelve weeks? Uh, you know, depending on circumstance, depending on health yeah. needs, depending on counselling, depending really on the woman's right to make her own decision. Yes. So in limited circumstances. Oh, yeah. oh, definitely. I mean, six months is way, way, way too much. I mean, the baby is practically formed then and everything and starting to move. But that, that's, I mean, that's where the grey area comes in. Jer- Jerry is saying it's human from the moment of conception. And all, other people are arguing that it's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not really human un- until after a certain I know, amount I, of time. I was never, just a minute, though, I was never, I just was never alive though. when I was Okay, one Jerry, just one sec. Just leave Phil have her word here. Yeah, he's talking about... Uh, from conception that the baby is a human being that baby doesn't feel anything but do you ever look at the circumstances of all this if it's rape it's horrendous it's the worst thing incest is another big issue it's one of the family her own family brothers or father so the girl really doesn't seem to have any choice at all no he's saying take the morning after pill so if if they're murdered from conception, why would they take the morning after pill? Wouldn't no, that be killing them anyway? They might, not be fully, they might not be fully conceived at that stage. They might be partial but, conception. But you don't know no that. Conception at all. I don't, but I mean, I give, give that choice when it's such a brutal gang rape act that you do it within the 24 hours as quick as you possibly can. But you do not, that, that baby won't be totally conceived and to live to about four or five weeks and say, no, I'm going you to do her. Because you're, you, you were a four or five week old unborn fetus at one time, whether you're like, say you're that or not, you are. And so, what you're saying, in the first 24 hours, Jerry, it's morally okay to take the morning after Phil in extenuating yeah, circumstances? You, 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 you do it with the intent of stopping total conception taking place. Absolute uh-huh. intent. No. And then you do But you do not, you do not, you do not ignore what has happened and let that baby after two or three weeks, oh, I'm pregnant, I'll kill the baby now. That is not feasible. Listen to me, you're doing the exact same thing yourself. We were all one week old, one week old fetuses. And you can't feel pain when you're 10 weeks old. You can't feel pain when you're 10 weeks old. You should get up your your medical facts before you make that statement. I have my medical facts, let me tell you. Well, you don't. And you're contradicting yourself anyway. So, Jerry, you're just contradicting yourself. You said the moment no, of I'm conception. Not, I'm not I'm Listen to me, you just... Within, within 24 hours. Listen to me. Did you just say that? But how do you uh, know yes, that it's not have to take place? I don't know, but that's the intent. That's the intent but, out of yeah. caring but, for the mother. For the possible but mother. But then you... you so when, it when, conception, when conception is confirmed, you do not murder the unborn baby. There is three days old, four days old, one week old, or two weeks old. Because we were all at that stage at one time. That's the whole idea of the morning after pill. You take it instantaneously. If you could, you take yes. it in the middle of a rape. Phil, you can, can I, be, Phil, you can't. You can't. Phil, can, um, Phil, can I thank you for your contribution? I, I need to move on to other people who, who want to, uh, right. who want, want to chat right, with Jerry. You, you're very Hello. kind and ta- thank you for coming on. Oh, I'm telling you, he's dreadful. All right, Mr. Douglas. Thanks, okay. Julie, good morning. Hi, how are you? Hi. Yeah, um, you want to ask Jerry a question? Yeah, I do. Jerry, I want to know if you eat meat. I do, yeah. And what's the difference in killing an animal to killing a human? Well, a, an animal, 
I'm an agnostic atheist. I think there's a 45% chance that there is uh, a God. But I think the human being is either sacred or special. He's not the same as a rabbit or a hare or, or, or a cow or a bullock, a pig or a sheep. There are, there are fellow animals that are not special like the human beings. And according to religious people, human beings are sacred. Well, I think they're special. And therefore, they're, they, 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 they take precedence over sheep, a pig, a cow, a bullock. Jerry, it's interesting to hear hear you say you're an agnostic atheist because I maybe maybe wrongly assumed you were forming your position and your argument from uh, one of religious zeal. Well, they usually say anyone in Ireland they say if you're pro-life, oh, he's a he's an old Irish Catholic bastard. You know that's the usually what you get. You know that's what. But you you're making a, dis- a distinction. You're making Julie. You're you're saying it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, are you a vegan or a, or a vegetarian, Julie? We're all animals. Um, yeah, vegan. Vegan. Okay. Um, so you reckon the killing of millions of animals is not too far removed from um, early trimester um, termination of pregnancy? Yeah, well, it's not because they don't have a choice. They don't want to die, I suppose, in the same way as what he's saying, the babies don't want to die. But he has no problem in doing that. Like, mm-hmm. there's a, a dissociation. You don't, you, 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 you mainly, you mainly uh, kill a cow or a bullock or a sheep. I'm all against cruelty. But I mean, like the world is Can half starving as it is. Like the world is half starving as it is. If we give up meat, milk, and all these things, geez, about half the world is in a state of starvation as it is. And if you start putting cows, sheep, and pigs on the same level as human beings, geez, we, we better start eating of apples off the trees anyway. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole discussion of that, but 90% of the crops that are grown are grown to feed the animals that you're eating. So if you stopped eating them, you could eat the crops. I'm not getting into that argument with you, but... That's a huge argument, one, one for another day. My, my old friend, yeah, Julie, it is, it is. Julie, my old friend Terence the hairdresser, I, know, I don't know if you remember Terence the hairdresser from the 90s, but he used to say, I'd eat nothing that had a face. And he said, right. <laughs> Julie, thanks <laughs> well, a million. I've got to move bad. on to Rachel. Thanks a million. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye. Ra- Rachel, you're nine months pregnant. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hi, you're nine months pregnant. Oh, we're losing you there. Let's see if we can get uh, Rachel back on line four. Uh, Line one is Elizabeth. Uh, Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? Very good. You agree with Jerry? I do, actually. I do agree with Jerry and what he's saying. Um, Because, you know, like, I mean, I know every woman has a choice. Like, we all have a choice. But, I mean, what we have here now in this country, like, we can walk into the pharmacy and get the morning after pill. You know, if I had unprotected sex um, tonight, the first thing I would think of is, you know, there's a possibility I could be pregnant. So if I don't want to be pregnant, you know, I will know in that time that I had intercourse that I can get the morning after pill. Yes, you know and, and, I mean? that's, and that's and, essentially and, what Jerry and, is saying. Conception may not yet have happened. Exactly. And what I'm saying is, God forbid, if I was raped in the morning, God forbid if I was raped, I mean, the first thing that I would do would be go straight to the doctor to get the morning after bed. Because if I was raped, you'd know again there's a possibility you could be, get pregnant. And I certainly, you certainly wouldn't want a child out of rape. So there is a, you can go straight to the pharmacy and, and, and get your unprotect, get, get what you need to get. But what is happening nowadays, people are having unprotective sex. They're finding out later in three, whatever, four or five weeks, they're pregnant. And then the option is just there for them. Oh, I don't want this baby. I'll have it aborted. 
So what you're generally saying is a lot of people are out there having fun, playing with their bodies, and then resorting to the morning after pill or to early term abortion as the cost of doing business. Well, what what, what I'm actually saying is like like everyone has a choice. Like I mean, as as he's everyone has a choice. I know that, but I mean, why would you want a choice to have an abortion? Why would you want that choice when there is um, contraception? There's the morning after pill in in the pharmacy to get and 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 straight away get it, and there's no problem. That's why what, Jer- that's what Jerry is saying. Body? To be fair, that's but what that's, he- what, but that's what I'm agreeing. That's yeah. why I rang up. I'm agreeing with everything. Yeah, that Jerry first says. contraception next uh, is what yeah, Jerry is saying. Like, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And and another thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's no need to go down the road of abortion nowadays anyway. There's no need. And I mean, I, I, like, you are killing, and I still believe, like, you are, you, you know, till you're killing an unborn baby. But, like, what I'm saying is there is the choice, as Jory said, of adoption. There's a choice of, of if, you, if you don't want the child, you can go through the, 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 the pregnancy if you want. But, but a lot of people, obviously, that would be very hard to do to give up the child after, after having it. Yeah, but, but, but what you're both saying is you, you'd really prefer to eliminate a woman's right to choose. But I mean, you but 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 I mean, you you can't choose murder. But like, what I'm saying is, like, I mean, why would why would me personally as a woman, and I and I was raped. God forbid, if I was raped in the morning, or I had unprotective sex, I know there's a possibility I could be pregnant. So why why would I want to say, like, you know, well, Jesus, I could be pregnant, but sure, harm, I can have an abortion. Why would why would a woman? Want to put herself through that um, process anyway oh, when there is the morning after pill there for them to stop them from getting pregnant in the first place. And they wouldn't have to put their bodies through um, abortion and all that. Do you know? Exactly. I just don't understand this. There's everything exactly. there for, for women now to not get pregnant. So, so why, why would you want, why me as a woman? And I had unprotective sex. I waited a couple of weeks and I found out I was pregnant. Oh, I'm going to have an abortion. But sure, I'm going to put my body through an awful experience by having an abortion. Besides are, the stress yeah. of it after, of having the abortion, the effect of, of having an abortion after in life to think about what you did. Mentally, mentally, it does affect people after because I've heard of women saying it after when when they had abortion when they were um, in their twenties when they came into their forties they they have it in their head all the time of of what they did when they were in their twenties. Sorry, Jerry, I'm going to get cut off there. No, that was just my point. Okay, no, you're not going to get cut off, but I I must move on, Uh, and not everyone. All right, I'm just saying I agree. I agree with 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 that anyway. You know. Okay, bye-bye, bye-bye. Thank you very much. And, and thank you, Jerry, for staying on and standing by your convictions. Can I make one point before I go? Yes, please. They're going on about this, the rare exception of rape. But let's face it, over 21,000 babies were murdered over the last three years. But very, 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 very little that they were due to rape. Okay, 21,000, that's a massive figure. And it's not due to the constant rape of the Irish men. Can you, can you talk to one more person, Jerry? because she's been holding for a I while. Can, uh, Louise, good that. morning. Good morning, Mick. How are you? No, very good. You're pregnant? I am. I'm very heavily pregnant. Okay. But I just have to come on because for the fact that I just, I don't agree with this. Um, I think that he's making a comment about a woman who he's saying that she doesn't have the right to make a decision on her body. But yes, she didn't have the decision to put the baby there in the first place. 
it is her body and at the end of the day I like I don't agree with it that's fine but not everybody else does it's her body and she, if she wants to get an abortion if it was put there without her consent then what's the harm but but where where, where does without her consent where where do you draw the line there are you talking about unprotected sex or forced well, sex if she was raped yes. she was raped yes, okay. right, here we go again no, but you, Jerry, you can't pass a comment on that. No, no. You cannot no, pass a comment on that. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're, you're I'm not you're wrong. You're, 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 you're wrong. wrong. You're, 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 it's your body and the baby's body. You have a duty of care. No, 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 sorry. And and it's baby, my body. And the baby. And the baby. It's my. This is my body, and if a baby was put into my body without my consent. No, 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 no. Get your facts right. No, you're wrong. The baby's not carrying a child. And you. Okay, Jerry, listen up. Jerry, I'm going to have to leave you. I'm going to have to leave you go, Jerry. We've, we've, we've given you quite a lot of airtime. I, I, I just want to read this text to you first, Jerry, before we let you go, all right? Uh, as well as rape, women die due to birth defects and complications, sometimes, sometimes knowing this while pregnant and carrying the child. Uh, let's help the women in need of these uh, of this help in this in these complicated times before helping an unborn child. Uh, that's that, that was the words of uh, Savita Halapanavar in October of 2012. Would you? That was due, no. That was due to medical bad practice. It was not due to abortion. Sanita died in October 2012. I, I beg your pardon. She was badly. She was medically badly looked 2012 after. from complications. Very badly. Yeah, 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 it was. But if she had been seen so properly, that would never have happened. It was negligence. It was. It was um, medical neg- negligence. She died. She death. died during birth because she wasn't afforded a medical abortion. Yeah, but it was prior to negligence. Prior to that, if the if the woman was in grave, absolute danger, absolute and utter danger. Yes, you would try to save the baby, but you'd probably kill the baby. You you, you take slight precedence for the mother. But you, right. would not deliberately, you would not deliberately murder the baby at the same time. And listen now, 20, this was brought up four years ago. There's 21,000 or more unborn babies killed in the last three years and done torturously with no pain relief. Well, Roe Ro versus Wade doesn't apply here, but it's, it's 20, certainly opening no, up 20, the argument 21, again. 21,000. Yeah, 21,000 right. unborn was not the result of rape. There was damn few of them as the result of rape or incest. 21,000. Jerry, I'm, I'm going to have to leave you. Thank you for staying so long with us and for displaying the courage of your convictions. Despite those who, who, who disagree with you, you stayed on, and I appreciate that. Uh, Louise, let's look to happier things. Uh, how soon are we going to hear the little patter of tiny feet? Uh, next week, now, please go. Next Wednesday. Everything's, everything's set up, CUMH, or where? Yes, up in the CUMH now, waiting to go. Can't uh, wait. And uh, what restrictions do you know are, are ongoing with the uh, with your partner visiting? I think there's still a lot of them in place. There is, yes. Um, I think it's just that he's left in the only visitor until 11 at night. Uh, until 11 um, at night, yeah. Yeah, no, not that, not that we need to be... Le- I don't want to be too graphic. Your partner. <laughs> yeah, but, but, then, but then you need to be four centimetres dilated before he can come back in and you can give out to him. Oh, I'll yeah, tell you. Give out to him anyway. Give out to him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all the very best. Boy or a girl? A boy or a girl, do you know? It's a surprise. 
surprise. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. All right, okay. Well, uh, all the very best, and it's a humbling part of so uh, the human existence to to be welcoming a little one into the world. So your first? It's my second. My ah, so you know what's going on there. Yeah, I know. I know. It's all ahead of me. I can't wait. And who's the big brother or sister? Ben. He's here beside me. So hi, Ben. Hiya, Ben. Hi. Looking forward to having a little brother or sister, are you? Very. I wanted it since I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Best wishes. Please let us know, Louise. When, when, please let us know, will you? I will, of course. I will, of course. All right, okay. Uh, Linda's online. Thanks, uh, Louise. All the best. Uh, Linda's online. Five. Uh, good morning to you, Linda. Hi, how are you? Thanks I just for, wanted to say. Yeah, thanks Hi. for holding. I just wonder, could, could you hold for one and a half minutes more? Yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. And good morning, Linda. Thank you for holding that little bit longer. Now, let's take a breath. That was a bit heated, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, I just didn't like how Jerry and Elizabeth were framing the discussion around who chooses to have an abortion, which what kind of woman needs an abortion or deserves an abortion. It's very kind of, to me, it was really dehumanizing. Um, I found, I think it's really important to note that the vast majority of abortions are required medically. And in banning outright abortions, um, they, they're ban- it poses a risk to the life of the woman. Um, I was pregnant a couple of years ago and I was so excited. And I found out at my first scan at seven weeks that the pregnancy wasn't progressing and that I would have to, that I would miscarry. So I had to, the, they sent, the hospital sent me away um, knowing that there was nothing saying that I would eventually miscarry. And I had to wait, I waited two weeks to return. Uh, at that point, walking around feeling like, to be honest, a human coffin for two whole wow. weeks. Uh, and, and did the hospital send you away for two weeks to think? <laughs> or to They sent me away for two weeks. They were saying that they usually do a second scan two weeks later to m- make sure that they were right in their initial assessment. And after that, I had to take a medical abortion. It turned out that didn't work. But like that was so traumatic. And it happens to so many women that you have to t- take the, have a DNC or take um, pills to help release the ba- the miscarriage mm-hmm. um and that uh, that uh, that happens very early on that was i chose to take those pills i begged for them on more than one occasion because it was so i really like it was so horrendous knowing what i that i was walking around carrying and i was worried as well about um sepsis or resulting infertility those are things we have to consider when it comes to women and who's having abortions and why we want them or need them. Another really important um, fact is that I think over 80% of women who choose abortions aren't in their 20s having, making mistakes on lights out. These are women who get pregnant, who already have kids, are in happy relationships, but have had maybe a traumatic birth. And it's a risk to their health. And those women choose their born children to be around for their born children as opposed to the pregnancy that could kill them and take away. And they make that choice with their partners. Um, I think it's really important to consider 
empathetically and compassionately rather than how Jerry and Elizabeth specifically were speaking about young women. Well, it's probably easier, Linda, from an absolute pro-life stance, it's probably easier to be cut and dry, black and white. This is it, this is the line. It's, it's, know, the, it's the pill within 24 hours or you're, you're carrying the baby the full term. It's probably easier uh, for, it, well, for, for Jerry to, to, th- to hold and defend that position than it is I for... I think it's really important to remember it as well that women in their 20s aren't the only women that have sex. Women have sex throughout their lives and up until maybe their 50s, they're at risk of an unwanted pregnancy. And every one of those women has a right to make their own decision and have empathy and compassion from their doctor and to decide themselves in private what's best for them and their family and their life and their bodies. That's how I feel. And I think that it's really a shame that Jerry in particular does not seem to see women as anything other than vessels. Vessels to carry a child. Yeah, and even just seems to think that the only women who have sex or are sexually aware are in their 20s and young women and teenagers. I think sexualizing young women for a man his age is kind of wrong anyway. Mm. A bit weird. So I, 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 I don't want to pry into your personal details, but you, you said you wanted the pills. Uh, is it the fact that you wanted to, and I'm, 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 I apologize if I picked the wrong word here, cleanse your body in a sense so that you might be fertile again, so that you might yeah. give yourself like a chance? I had a ba- yes, I had a baby after that, since that pregnancy. But yeah, I really needed, at that point, I needed the pregnancy to end and the feeling of carrying something that wasn't alive inside me no matter how much I wanted it to be um, I needed it out <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I wonder if I Jerry would agree with that because there, there is verifiably no life um, Yeah I don't, I don't know but like I don't think it's Jerry's business to agree with what any woman wants to do do you know what I mean unless it's his wife and he gets to he's in a position to support her and of course every situation where where somebody is pregnant you know it's also built around huge extenuating circumstances huge family issues huge um, you know ability to provide issues there there are so many things that can come in making every single case individual and every need individual that's why it's important to consider abortion as health care for the woman as opposed to um, murdering babies or whatever people say. And framing the discussion in the, the, la- in the latter way, it's really triggering for women who have had stillborns or who've lost their baby through miscarriage or have experienced um, trauma during pregnancy or during birth. And I think it's really important that women are considered in an empathetic and compassionate way, or people who can have children are considered in an empathetic and compassionate way when it comes to pregnancy in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than just vessels. Sorry, sorry you're pregnant. We'll need you there for nine months. Uh, we'll come back to you when you're done. Yeah. Okay, just, just 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 a reminder to people who have been affected by some of our conversations this morning. Of course, you can contact the 24-hour rape crisis center helpline on one eight hundred double seven double eight double eight. Linda, you've uh, you've had happy times since you've had you've had at least one yeah. child since, yeah. Yeah, I have um, a son, <laughs> so happy days. Okay, and uh, you, you you found the conversation triggering. Uh, is that because I suppose not to put too fine a point in it, you didn't want 
uh, to have uh, an abortion, but you had to have a medical termination. Um, it's the thing, I had an abortion. Like, I, I actually, I had an abortion at the end of the day. That's exactly what it was. No, yes, I wanted this pregnant, that pregnancy, just like I wanted my own pregnancy. But I did, at that, like, after hearing that, I did choose an, to take those pills as opposed to miscarry naturally. I made the decision that I wanted the abortion. But let, let me put it this way to you then. In, in a sense, were you not protecting the unborn because you were protecting your as yet unconceived son? Or, no. By, I was by, protecting by, by give, and by, my fragility. Yeah, but by, give, <laughs> by, by giving your body a chance to be able to recreate after the, you know, after the medical termination, you were essentially protecting the life of your yet as conceived and now happily born son because you were giving him a place to, uh, to grow and to nurture him inside your body. I mean... Honestly, I was prioritizing my own health and my own mental health over um, the continuation of a pregnancy that wasn't viable. That's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I prioritize me as a woman. I'm a person. I have a right to be a, I, to be my own priority, and that's what I think most women. Like that's what I think we need to understand for women that we have a right to say what happens, how it happens, and when it happens to our bodies, whether that's through a pregnancy, whether it's with our general health, whether it's with our weight or what we put into our bodies, it is our choice. It should always be our choice. And that's something that in this country, we don't always consider that women are a priority. Okay. Unfortunately. So the constitutional protection on abortion has now well and truly been torn down in uh, America. Uh, there are nine states that have laws in place uh, that banned abortions before the Roe and Wade ruling. The, the thing is, these have never been removed from the books, and now they come back into force. So it's going to be an, an absolute illegality uh, yeah. in those nine states. And there's four more. Florida, Indiana, Montana, and Nebraska have in, introduced legislation similar to the ban introduced in Texas, uh, which means they're likely to war- move towards banning abortion too. Uh, if you put you put it in, in very simple terms, Republican-nominated states won't allow abortion. Loosely, um, it's, it's not 100% uh, cast iron here. And Democrat-nominated ones will. America's politics is changing radically. Uh, I want to look at the uh, at the availability of abortion here. Linda, uh, thank you very much for uh, for so coming much. on. Uh, and, and delighted you have happy times and, and best, wish, best wishes to you and your son. Thanks a million. Appreciate thank it, thanks. thanks. Let's take one more caller there. Morris... Uh, good morning. Good morning, Mick. Yeah, I think we've got to stop listening to these fanatics like Jerry on the issue of abortion. We've been listening to them for for long enough. Um, it's one stable of thought. Uh, this, this, this. It's really a very private matter, and um, I think they really need to stay out of people's business. You know, when it comes to procreation, I think if if people stay out of other people's business regarding abortion, uh, the problem could be solved, you know, once and for all. I don't think Jerry's trying to get into anyone's particular business. It's just that he's holding steadfast oh, he his conviction that, that life is life and it begins at conception. And uh, if you find yourself uh, forced to have sex, if, if, if it's a brutal rape, uh, and I, I can't imagine any rape that wouldn't be, um, that you can you, you can have recourse to the, the, the morning after pill. But after that, life is life and you got to go through with it. Even he said, even though he, he doesn't have one, if he had his own daughter, that's what he would be advocating. 
Well, look, uh, abortion is not, uh, sorry, sorry, the, 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 the contraception is not foolproof. Everybody knows that, that it's not foolproof. Um, but leaving aside for a second, democracy is about the right to choose. The notice Roe versus Wade decision in the United States of America is a very, very backward step for, for the United States of America. And they will be internationally condemned for it. And they should be condemned for it because really it's about the subjugation of women. That's really what, what's, at, what's at stake here. I'm taking all rights away from we listening to these obsessive people like Justin Barrett, like William Binchy, like Dana, and the, all these other obsessive people that seem to spend their whole lives policing other people's procreation matters. I wish they'd stop, you know, because really at the end of the day, it, it is about choice. And in democracy, you have a choice. And I, I don't find their arguments convincing. They were talking about murder and all this kind of stuff. That's just one view. It's just one view. I mean, it really is. I mean, where are they getting off? Constantly, they're fanatical about it. They seem to spend their whole lives policing other people on this particular issue. Now, the courts, though, we've had an overwhelming uh, decision in this country rega- regarding abortion. And I do hope that this whole decision of a road, this overturning, will not reignite the debate in this country. I mean, the people want abortion in this country. We've been listening to the fanatics for long enough. And I think, really, at the end of the day, women should have as much right as possible, because at the end of the day, they're the ones, they're the ones who should decide. We, we voted on it. I, I, I was on this program in the, in the run-up to the, uh, the referendum and spoke to all the senior politicians on it. Uh, and, and some of them had very considered opinions, uh, you know, that differed with their parties and uh, contested their popularity within their own parties uh, because they had family experience or, as I mentioned, everything is different for every single case. And the politicians on this program agonized over trying to find the, the correct way forward. But the people decided in the end. In, 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 indeed, they did. But what we have here with, with the Supreme Court ruling in the United States, you've got a, a couple of men on the Supreme Court deciding that, and that's not a democracy. I mean, the courts are not there to decide policy. Governments should decide policy. The people should decide policy. It is not for the courts to decide policy. And that's what's happening here. In fact, the Irish courts have actually, in the end, the abortion debate got so intense in this country that the courts shied away from making any further uh, decisions on the, this whole yeah. uh, abortion thing since, since the 1993 thing. You might, you might remember that, Mick. So I really do hope like, that, that uh, women continue to have as much rights as possible and, and stop listening to these fanatical, absolutely fanatical people who spend their lives policing people about this particular issue. Okay, this, uh, of course, a lot of what's happening on the Supreme Court uh, happened with the passing of the uh, wonderful uh, argument creator and lawmaker and uh, if anyone ever wants an inspirational figure, that would be Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, but she was uh, she was replaced with a very conservative Amy Coney Barrett by Mr. Trump in the late, uh, 20, late 2020, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, the, the movement to the right of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court is obvious to me, but maybe not to other people. Uh, I think we're going to have some very interesting leaked uh, decisions, as this one was leaked four or five months ago. I've got to take a commercial break. I really thank you for your time, Morris. Thank you. Cheers and good morning. Sure. Bye-bye. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And hasn't he a great speaking voice as well, Sir Elton John? Uh, coming to town on Friday night. Tell you what, though, we're giving away a pair of tickets every day between now and Thursday. Don't call just now, please. It's for the legendary Elton John playing Parky Kiev on this Friday, the 1st of July. What a way to kick off July. This is part of his iconic Elton John Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. It's the final tour, uh, and it will be the final 
single time he performs on tour in Ireland. We're going to open the phone lines by playing one of Elton's hits, and they're closed until then, right? Uh, so when you hear an Elton John song, we don't play many songs. In fact, we play practically none on this program. Uh, you can call us on 0818104106, and caller 9 will be the winner. Not just now. Uh, we've got to play the Elton John song first. We've got your summer sorted for the best gigs this summer in Cork, right here on Cork's uh, Red FM. Now, we uh, have had a couple of texts uh, just asking us to clarify the abortion position here in this country. Well, an abortion is the medical process of ending a pregnancy. It's also known as termination. That is a term that's hated and contested by some. But the pregnancy ends either by taking medication or having a minor surgical procedure. Uh, an abortion is available for free and I know the word minor is going to exercise uh, some people who are listening right now an abortion is available for free through the HSE if you live in the Republic of Ireland, if you live outside the Republic of Ireland, you can have an abortion in the Republic of Ireland, but you'll have to pay for it. Now when an abortion can be carried out is more detailed, you can have an abortion if your pregnancy is no more than 12 weeks 12 weeks of pregnancy means 84 days since the first day of your last period after 12 weeks, you can only have an abortion in certain circumstances. And the earlier an abortion is carried out, uh, medical practice says the simpler and safer, safer it will be. But getting support early on will also give you more time to make a decision if you're unsure whether you want to have an abortion or not. And you can get free and confidential advice on all of your options. From my options, it's a new HSE support service. You can call it on 1-800-828-010. That's 1-800-828-010. And outside the Republic of Ireland, it's plus 353-59-913-8175. Plus 353-59-913-8175. News at 11 is next. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. And a very good morning. This is Mick Mulcahy. Neil returning on Monday week. It's eight minutes past 11. And the director of Cork Life Centre called out certain government ministers last night for breaking promises made to the Cork City School regarding funding and pay for staff. Don O'Leary took to Twitter recently to share his frustration about ministers twisting the truth, he says, when answering questions in an Oireachtas committee. Cork Life Centre is a voluntary organisation offering an alternative learning environment uh, to marginalised young people at its Northside location. And Don O'Leary has been a director there uh, at the Cork Life Centre for 16 years. And uh, we bid him good morning on the Neil Prendival Show. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Mick. Now, you've also been honoured, of course, with numerous awards for your very good work, including Cork Person of the Year and also a Lord Mayor Civic Award, to name a few. Why take exception with these politicians by tweeting? Uh, I think you initially tweeted a cryptic message, did you, about truth and lies? Yeah, I, look, I suppose it's been, it's been usually frustration, frustration for all of us here in the centre. Um, centre started in 2000, and when I joined in 2006 to the present, we've been fighting with the Department of Education to get proper uh, recognition for the staff. Um, we, we, last year we sat with them, and uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be a negotiation, in fairness, uh, the TDs in Cork are usually supportive, uh, right up to the, the Taoiseach. But there's a department there that believes they're untouchable. Um, so they, they did make, an, uh, they did give us some money last year, but we were on a very low uh, But what we'd asked for was payment for teachers who have been, you know, to the centre here are, are essential. 
and the the teachers we were looking for pay for most of them have been here for you know 10 to 12 years at this stage um some of them on, on very bad part-time hours uh, but but no 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 continuity um i'd be saying goodbye to them in the summer and they were signing on the doors because they're, 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 uh, of the way the the part-time payments work now last year we met with the department officials um, and, and I might add, we had put in um, <laughs> an ask to the department, if you like, for teachers and for other stuff that was that we needed for our, for our students, and they hadn't come back to us. They only came back to us when I phoned that a senior member of the Department of Education was talking to an outside organisation in relation to the Cork Clay Centre. Now, uh, I told both of them what I thought of that. It's usually disrespectful to uh, the life centre, the community, the kids, the parents, and everybody that's involved here. Okay. Um, let, let, let's look at the good work that, that the Cork Life Centre does, Don, because it's a voluntary organisation, first of all, so you're being supplemented with, uh, with part-time payments for teachers, but you're offering an alternative learning environment to marginalised young people at your Northside location. What exactly does that mean? Who do you appeal to who uses well, the service? Well, I suppose, look, if, if you take our young people, like, labels for young people are very damaging, so very low to use them, but for the department, you have to. Mm-hmm. So we'd have young people who would be uh, suffering with mental health, social anxiety being brilliant. Uh, it, it's non-stop. Um, but, but also people with other mental health issues. We have people with addiction issues. We have people with trauma. We have um, people in care. Uh, pe- and people who just didn't fit into the, the formal education system. Now, you know, I, I find it kind of outrageous in a way that the 55 young people that are in the centre this year um, were, were, were sent to us. Uh, we're out of school for whatever reason, or out of uh, education for whatever reason. Some of them up to two years before they get to us. Um, and we offer, like, uh, the academics is what the kids look for. They want to do the junior cert, they want to do the leaving cert. However, um, you know, we, we, we look at, we look at um, what they've managed to achieve. And see, young people have achieved this, right, with support from staff who have been here a long time. We have our own model, and the kids thrive with it. Um, you know, I've just finished, we're not finished yet, we have leaving cert doing the final exam tomorrow, but we had over 23 students in the centre doing, their, doing both junior cert and leaving cert this year. Now, if you take that, for whatever reason, the kids have come out of formal education, uh, they come here and they find their way. For me, um, the exam results are brilliant uh, for the kids. Uh, for me, though, what's important is that they're able to walk out the door here and go out into the big bad world and take whatever they have to do. Some will decide to go to third level, some will walk. Fine with all of that once the kids are happy. Mm-hmm. You're you giving me the impression that you have the support vocally anyway, of the uh, government ministers. Now, there are three very senior government ministers uh, here in Cork, Michal Martin, uh, Simon Coveney and Michael McGrath, but it's a, it's a department that's uh, putting up a brick wall to you. Isn't that the well, tail wagging the dog in some way? Yeah, and I think look, it is. I mean, you tape it, they did in the last couple of weeks. There's been a review, uh, there was a review done by the Department of Education on out-of-school provision. It means, you know, in, in, in centres right across the country. Now, <coughs> that review was started in, t- ni- in 2017. I brought kids to Dublin. There were three parts. Which we, we had to send back data. We, had to, uh, we made a submission. Um, we brought kids to Dublin to meet them with three other organisations. 
uh, another one from Cork, and, and two from Dublin. Now, I've been asking about that review because it was supposed to be out in the summer of 2018. Um, I've, I've asked and started since then to ask for oversight for factual correction. Now, you sure I was asking for, you know, calling them into question for, for some crime or something. Uh, we got no response to any of that. Uh, we kept asking, kept asking, um, and, and funnily enough, into the, the, the department's own work plans for 2019, that review was finished in the third quarter. Now, what we find out is that uh, the review was sneaked out about in, 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 um, on the 15th of, June, on the 15th of May, um, and when we got a look at it, it's 120 pages long. Number one, no data from Cockleight Centre uh, on the... Uh, available in 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 the, the body of the report. Now, so it's as if you don't exist. Well, we sent them the data, and, and this is this is funny. And the, I, I, two weeks prior to it being out again, I just asked again for oversight. Uh, if that oversight had been given, then we could have corrected that. But you have to ask why was it let out? And I can only speak for the life centre now. There were twenty-one groups there, and I don't know whether their data the same thing happened. I have suspicions about one that they also hadn't their data entered. So it's, it's obvious to me, not knowing much about the Cork Life Centre, Don, that you're doing good work, that there's a need for the services you provide, that you've been granted and, and given awards for your commitment and dedication to the centre. I'm trying to get to the hub of the issue here. The uh, hub of the uh, issue, Mick, you see, is, is this report now. Because, no, not alone didn't they come back and talk to us about funding, but this report was closed at the Cork Life Centre in five years. Um, I can't take any, at the moment, no, I won't be taking any children for summer, for September 2023. I can only take the kids that I have forward. Because this review, um, when, when it looked at what kids in outside provision did, it came up with a thing that no one was interested in the Leaving Cert. In three different areas, it gives three different things. There was only one kid did the Leaving Cert, and there was only one organisation giving the Leaving Cert. They then saying there were two, uh, but only one person did the Leaving Cert. For the period of time they're looking at, and it's in our data, 28 children sat the Leaving Cert were in the centre and passed. And what's going to happen, if if I'm reading this correctly, is you have to deliver heartbreaking news now for the centre because you're going to potentially lose 10 of your volunteer teachers. That that means you're losing friends and colleagues. It it is, but more so than that, you you can replace a maths teacher, but you cannot replace the experience in working with the kids. And that's what I'm losing. You, you can, you know, that's what the centre is losing. And, and what they've brought out is uh, the, the review. And I never saw the department move so quick. They're not implementing their review. I had two uh, people down here just before the minister came to visit as well, uh, telling me that the review was going ahead. Now, all that is missing. Uh, the minister said as much here and said that she'd given permission for us to change it. And they pointed out, if we change that, then the review recommendations fall. And I was told, no, it was a stepping stone. The review recommendations, though, and they're the only recommendations in this review, are saying that kids who come out of formal education will go to this place, they haven't named, for 8 to 12 weeks or for some short period of time, and then return back into the mainstream education system. Now, I'd say they're, you know... They, they wouldn't be coming if they were, if they were thriving in the education system. I, I, I agree totally. And if I said to kids when I'm taking them in here, you're going to go back into your old school in 12 weeks' time, they, would, they wouldn't they would come in. 
No. But, but what you're essentially saying then, and I'm not, I'm not accusing them directly, but indirectly, the Minister for Education and the Department of Education are in time, in a short space of time, closing your centre. They will. If they go ahead with these recommendations, because we will not be able to do the mental or physical gymnastics to meet their criteria. I don't believe any child, and if you take it this way, what they're saying about children is, you take them out like a car, you put them into a garage, and in 12 weeks they're going to be fixed. Now, there's no child. Oops, we seem to have lost Don there, but I think we have the the entire conversation teased out. Is he back on? Okay. I, I'm here. You're still there? Okay, thought we lost you there. No, no. And so you're right, Mick. Like, I mean, uh, the, the thing here is very frustrating because we gave up the whole last summer to deal with a department that had no intentions of ever meeting what we were asking them for. Okay. Now, to me, that's wasted time that I could have been spending with kids because what brings you into the centre every morning here is the amazing kids that we have. We, we are looking at a number of kids going to Denmark in the next couple of days to do alternative edu- to an alternative education setting. How much funding do you need, Dan? Well, well, I'm looking for 10, 10, 10 staff to be paid, right? Which is how much? Well, I don't know, because up in, in Stormont, I suppose. But here's the thing. That's what we're entitled to. If you look at the, the report and, and you see what other centres are getting, that's what we'd be, we'd be entitled to that. Our kids will be entitled to that, you know. This is a kind of a children's rights thing as well, because not only going to affect the kids in, in Cork, it is going to affect kids right around the country. Because what they're saying is... Anyone with a problem, any child with a problem that comes out of formal education just needs a certain amount of time to... In the garage, 12 weeks in the garage. garage. Yeah. And fix the car, and the car goes back in, in and, and walks away from inside there. That is not how you deal with children. So you can't support children in that model and in that time period? Not a whole. Our model is built on relationships, Mick. And like, that can't be rushed. And, and like, you, you, you know, you know, I mean, uh, how long would it take any of us to build a relationship or trust now, I mean to say kids who, you know, their self-esteem is very low, they may have problems dealing with their peers, they may have problems dealing with adults. Yeah. Now, you take time. And, and I think we've been quite successful. And we've been successful, firstly, because of the kids, and secondly, because of the amazing staff that work here. None of my staff... Well, I guess, are, are, I guess you know, if, if your staff need to go on the dole, they, they don't technically owe you anything. That, that's what's best for them, if that's where they're being forced. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, this is the fear. Because of the pandemic, the number of teachers retiring, principals and vice principals, there are jobs out there now for teaching. I cannot blame any of the staff here. They've been, they owe us nothing. All right, Don, I I have to move on, but I want to give you 30 seconds to make. Now, you've used social media. Now you're up to broadcast media to try and effect change in a system that doesn't seem to be listening. So if I gave you 30 seconds now to make your appeal, off you go. Right. Someone needs to go in and clear out to the Department of Education so they come into the century. But they need, they need. This department is there to vindicate the rights of children to education. And what it's known doing, it's doing the reverse. It's going to stop children and it's going to label them as early school leavers, which they are not. Our department needs to wake up to that. Okay. Well done, Don. Thanks, Thanks a million. Sir. 
That's Thank Don- you. Thank you. Don O'Leary there, Director of Cork Life Centre. Now, recently, 81-year-old Con Lynch chained himself to an antique water pump at 81 years of age near the Two Mile Bridge in Coolcar, McCroom. The pensioner says the pump has been there for over 60 years and should not be removed. We'll catch up with Con after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Good morning from the Neil Prandival Show and good morning in McCroom to Con. Good morning, Con. Good morning. Thank you for ringing. You're very welcome. You're 81 years of age and... Uh, That's correct. You, you have made a point of principle. We live in a changing world. Uh, very few people stand in the way of progress these days, but you saw something uh, that meant a lot to you that was going to be moved and you felt strongly enough about a water pump because of its nostalgia and historic place uh, in where in the area you live, that you change yourself to it. Tell me about the pump. Well, it goes back to the Lee Hydro scheme where the area and the whole surrounding area was flooded. There was two spring wells. One was adjacent to the Lee, and the other one was adjacent to the Salon. Both of them were flooded. The ESD came along and they got the council to replace the water pump at the top of the road where there's a beach tree and a, an entrance for the cottiers. Okay, and that was how many years ago? 50, 60? October 1956, the Lee Valley was flooded in the Gaber. Okay, to make what is now the Inniscarra Dam, is it? There are two dams, you see. There's the Inniscarra Dam and there's the Caragadroja Dam. There's two dams, you see. Okay, and so this pump was, was there for years before and was moved to facilitate the access to water after the construction of the dams? After the construction of the dam, because both wells were flooded by the Lee Hydro electric scheme, mm-hmm. or whatever you wanted to call it. But now, of course, progress is coming. There is going to be a new McCroom bypass, and the pump is in the way. Yes, well, I, 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 this beggars belief, like. I mean, here we have a situation where we have a well, we have a borehole, and we have a pump at the top. And that's why you say the pump is not working. In, in the present circumstances, the water would be low in any case, and that is it's locked up. Mm-hmm. It's common sense, like, there's a well at the bottom, there's a borehole going up to the top to the pump. Okay, to extract the water from the bottom, you need a pump. And uh, the well is at the bottom. The council are going to come along now, and they're going to put a roadway, remove the pump and put a roadway over the borehole and, and seal it. And they're not going to relocate, they have no intention of relocating the pump with a water supply tested and uh, for human use, like. Okay, and when it was working, how much use did it get? Oh, it was for the cottiers. Oh, maybe there's there's nine houses there, but some were newly built after the hydro scheme. Okay, and uh, and is there no offer to replace the pump uh, with a new pump elsewhere where it would be convenient? Well, it isn't a new pump. They'll have to put a bore a new borehole because the borehole at present will be will covered be, by the road. Will be covered by Carmack and. Uh, There'll be no access to the borehole. Okay, so you change yourself to the pump con. Uh, how long did that last until you got some promise of action? Well, I can't recall. Maybe it's a couple of hours. I'm not sure. No, I didn't do any timing. Like, But at 81, you couldn't have stayed there overnight or anything, could you? I'm no longer what I used to be, like because I had an accident as well, and I'm partially disabled. Okay, but you uh, still have the fighting accident, spirit, like don't you? I was hit by a trailer. You still have the fighting spirit. Well, I, I suppose, like, when your back is to the wall, like, and everyone is coming at you, like, what, what can you do? Okay. 
So no notice was given to you or apparently any of the other locals about the pump's removal. And um, Well, they're beginning to realise now that public water supply is contaminated by E. coli and a mixture of sewage, and that's coming through the tap, and they're realising now that a, a well will be just pure spring water. Like. Okay. They're beginning to realise that now. But they can't reroute the road, can they, around the pump? That wouldn't be feasible. Not because, like, the road is near the bridge, adjacent to the bridge, like, and uh, they can't widen the bridge. They can't widen the road because it'll be like a, a what you call it, a funnel. You'll have a big moat and a, a small tunnel. Okay. So where do we go from here? What's going to happen? Will they agree to maybe sink a new borehole, fix the existing pump mechanism, which is antique but also is very attractive? Well, you see, we'll, uh, as again, you've, you've pointed out to me, we'll be in the modern world. It will probably be an electric pump now with, a, with an electric supply. That would be okay for and you, I would it? I think the council are trying to dodge every everything that they can dodge. Like. But if, if the water is spring water, that would be okay, yeah? Well, what they would try and do is connect up a, a what you call it, to the public supply. The public, I already have a public supply. But the public supply is, you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't believe in it? I don't want to go into Duns, Liddles and Aldi and I get five litres of water for one twenty nine. Okay, but it's free on the side of the road as we speak, and it's no longer going to be. Well, like, this this pump was a kind of a tourist attraction as well, because Americans used to come along and they would stand by it, and they would start photographs taken. Sometimes they might ask a stupid question, like, where was the bat, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Cork County Council has said they have no comment to make on your protest, or... On the yes, future well, of the water pump. I, I, would expe- I, I would expect that, like, because they're trying to dodge the issue, like, that the Cork County Council just wants to proceed with the roadway. And um, there is another thing on the approaches to the bridge, like, the Cork County Council are trying to dodge street lighting because the present situation is, like, my entrance will be wide open to oncoming traffic and the traffic could end up in my yard, like. Okay. Which and, could happen. Uh, also, like, uh, I, I can't figure out the, the fencing of the, what you call it. They, they have presented me with no maps or plans. One engineer came along and he wanted me to have a look at his phone, so where my entrance would be. I told him I wasn't in the position to see it because I had no glasses. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine some engineer coming along to tell you, this is here on the phone, have a look at it, like. Yeah. Am I uh, stupid or what, like? Are you, you're going to keep fighting anyway. Let's see if we get a, a well, response from Cork County Council. Like, I, have presented, I have been presented with no maps or plans of their proposals, what they intend doing. They're just coming along and riding rough shuttle over on the walking class lake. All right, Con. Listen, we salute your bravery. You're 81 years of age. You're taking a, a stand on a point of principle. Keep fighting it. All the best. I right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. And staying on the subject of water, we have Emma, from, who's a resident of Whitegate on line two. Hi, Emma. Morning, Neil. How are you? Very good. It's Mick, actually. Oh, my apologies. No Sorry. problem at all. I've been called worse. Um, <laughs> you're, you're after coming out of a six-month boil notice. We are. Are you still in are- it? No, we, we came out with there on the 3rd of June. It's our ninth boil water notice since 2016. And uh, this one's been, was in effect from the 25th of December, um, Christmas Day. And we only got notice of it because um, somebody happened to go on social media. 
Um, so, yeah, it's only just been lifted. I, I'm actually blaming them for the bad weather because whenever we get bad weather, we normally get a boil water notice. <laughs> so we're, we're all actually on high alert because the weather has been so rubbish since they lifted it. We're all surprised that they haven't put it back in place, to be honest with you. Okay, this started on St. Stephen's Day, so in the middle of the Christmas festivities. What was the explanation given? Um, it's the usual explanation. It actually started on Christmas Day, the boil water notice okay. uh, was announced. And unless you um, reg- register as a vulnerable customer, you don't actually receive a notification. You have to rely on social media sources to be advised that the water um, isn't fit for human consumption. So that actually went in place about midday on Christmas Day. Um, and it was the usual um, issue that the spring source here in Whitegate is heavily influenced by any heavy rainfall events and that it leads to um, turbidity um, and that the treatment process that's in place in the plant isn't sufficient to deal with the level of turbidity in the water and the level of bacteria um, needed a treatment process of the, the UV filtration process, um, which leads then to high levels which are um, exceed the expected limits set okay. out within the European um, standards. So Irish so, Water advised that the filtration system in place is not compatible with any remedial works, and so a new plant will have to be built. So that must be blasting along, is it? No, so uh, just to give you a bit of backstory, so back in 2015, um, there was an issue with the level of turbidity in the water and um, the EPA conducted an, an audit, um, all of which is put available, readily available. Um, if anyone Googles it, they, they can get this information for themselves. Um, and a survey was done in 2016 that was found that um, the system was found wanting. There's only a single disinfection system in place to treat the water. Um, so they were required to put in remediation work at the time. Um, unfortunately, neither the EPA or the Irish Water seemed to have done any follow-up on it, and that remediation work wasn't actually put into effect until 2019, uh, which was three years later, um, at which time it was found that that new treatment system was wanting and wasn't be suffice. Okay. Um, so how bad was the water, to turbidity-wise? Of course, turbidity is uh, cloudy water or opaque water. Or it's t- thick with suspended matter. You wouldn't want to be drinking it. Yes. No, you wouldn't. Um, well, it would depend um, on, I suppose, the time of day, the level of demand on us. I mean, initially, the service was fine over 10,000 people. They, they since diverted a number of places, including Spalgan, um, and a couple of other areas onto the Middleton um, water supply, which obviously adds pressure to that. Um, but the it, it would be fairly yellow and murky. Yeah. And so so you've, you've no choice, really, Emma, but to go and buy bottled water from the, from the no. multiples of your local supermarket or whatever. No, no choice whatsoever. And, I mean, you're adding to the plastic, you're adding to the environmental issue, and you're spending money... And Irish Water have advised that they won't uh, reimburse anybody for the water that they've had to buy. If you are elderly or if you're um, immunocompromised uh, like myself or if you have a medical condition or if you have a baby, it's just hard luck. 
and you just have to go and buy the water and that's all well and good if you've got the transport to get the water back to your mm. um, residence. Not no. everyone is able to do that. Some people rely on the, the transport system and trying to lug two five litre bottles um, you know, is, is difficult. So um, I think at this stage it's just a case of you know that between 2016 and 2019 nobody checked up on it um, and then they found that it was wanting and now they've come out and you know great they've lifted the body water notice and they've advised that remediation work will commence um, but it, they've given us a timeline of between three to seven years they've done a bit of a Ryanair on it to be honest with you and they said that it, in normal course it would take seven years but um, that they've circumvented planning stages and it'll take circa three years um, but won't be initiated until 2024. I mean, the reality is that, that this issue has been ongoing since 2015. It'll, that'll be nearly 10 years before they've even started. Yeah, and while we commend Irish Water for sending two uh, treatment plants or mobile treatment uh, units to the Ukraine, uh, which is commendable, you're wondering, I suppose, yes. why there isn't one for you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm aware that we're not alone in, in Whitegate with this issue in relation to the water. I know that there are other um, towns and communities all around the country that have had boil water notices um, on and off. I suppose it's just that we're one of those that this is our ninth. They go on for at least six months, if not longer, um, with little or no notice. And as you say, yeah, it's highly commendable and, and you know, fair place them and more power to them but if they can turn it around that quick for a war-torn country one would question why they can't turn it around that quick to have a, mo- a couple of mobile units for towns and villages in Ireland that it could be in situ here in Whitegate for the period that it's required and then if it was needed elsewhere as opposed to just telling us to suck it up and see and um, which seems to be the the, the, the line that's rolled out mm. anytime anybody complains. I mean, it, in this day and age, having a third world water supply in a first world country just beggars yeah. um, belief, really. Um, so you, you'll, I mean, ha- I, you'll have the privilege of drinking water in a few years' time that you can take from your tap. Just to go back on something you said at the start yeah. there, are you saying if you don't register as a vulnerable home that you're not even going to receive the boil water notice? Yes. Wow. So we, we don't receive any notifications, so we rely on the power of um, our one of our local councillors, Danielle Toomey, um, is great at giving updates. Um, but if you're not on Facebook, um, then you kind of have to find out by the power of osmosis, uh, word of mouth. Um, if you happen to be in the local shop and somebody says it in passing. I like that um, analogy, the power of osmosis. <laughs> yeah, pardon the pun. Um, obviously, um, but yeah, realistically, like here in, in our estate, we have a, a residence group and normally it's a case of whoever becomes first aware of it, shares it, but obviously that's only within our own area. Um, but no, unless you are registered as being vulnerable with Irish water, we don't receive notifications here okay. in Pushku and Whitegate. I'll leave it there, but we'll see what your publicity on, on the topic will, will generate. Emma. Hopefully we can get some sort of response from Irish water and some sort of a timeline as to why it's taking so long. But I do I thank you for all the information. 
No problem at all. Thank you very Thanks, much for cheers. highlighting the topic. Well, I've got a couple of texts I want to get out of the way on. Pay rises about the restoration of pay rises for civil servants er- earning over 150 grand a year. The government said that legally they have to go ahead with it, but they won't show anyone the legal context they were given. Uh, and they had an agreement in 2008 they can't break. With the banking crash in 2008, did the government not tell the Irish people they were bringing in the universal social charge for two to three years? And 14 years later, people are still paying it. So if the government will break their agreement with the Irish people, but won't break their agreement with overpaid civil servants, health services in a mess, people left uh, dying on waiting lists, and the men in charge are getting between 50k and 75k pay rise. Christ, I am so angry, says Desi. Uh, one more on the price of living. The government can legally shut down the entire economy, limit us to travel within two kilometres of our homes, and force our elders to die alone. But they're legally powerless when faced with a public sector pay raise for high earners. Am I getting that right? How can we solve the price of living and cost of living problem? We spent 5.9 billion a year on political activists in the guise of NGO, that's non-governmental organisations. And that's 8% of our entire budget. I'm just saying, says Richie in Toker. Quick one on Lewis Capaldi on line one. Hi, Katharina. Hi, how are you? Thanks for calling. Oh, Valor, how did the concert go? Oh, she has no idea because uh, they wouldn't leave her in with the ticket she had. They said it wasn't scanning right. So um, she she purchased a ticket from her friend's uh, family member. They all purchased a ticket each from him. He had five tickets. They were bought two years previous. Uh, obviously, the concert didn't go ahead because of COVID. So the four girls went, uh, or the five girls went up to queue, and the four girls went in with the exact same tickets, and everything was fine. But my daughter's ticket wouldn't scan. Um, and they told the girls they weren't allowed to sit around and wait uh, for Katie to go in and they had to wait inside for her and so she was left outside and ended up being left outside on her own I had to come and collect her they wouldn't leave her in yeah her friends eventually uh, about about 30, 40 minutes later, they ended up leaving as well. They didn't want to be there if it wasn't all of them. Oh, so it that's was fair, just, fair play to them, but sad. Yeah. She just, she worked so hard to, you know, young girls now to get the hair and the makeup and the outfit. And you know and the way Lewis Capaldi is, that's not what he would want to happen. If she, if she, genu- if she purchased a genuine ticket. Yeah, and I actually, um, I messaged his Instagram just on the off chance he might see it. I know it's slight, yeah. but, but it was just, it was viciously cruel. It was just so cruel. I was heartbroken over her. I know there's an awful lot of serious things going on, but with COVID and everything and the kids not being able to go anywhere, they were looking forward to it so much for months. And yeah. it was just viciously cruel for a 16-year-old to be just left standing and there. And any reason why the ticket wouldn't scan? Nothing. No. They said um, the, the, the boy she bought it off was in Spain with his family. He was at work, so his mother rang Katie's phone, said that she would talk to the guy, give all his bank information to show that it's legitimately his. Uh, he, gave, he sold the ticket to her and so on. That wasn't good enough. He wanted to see him in person. It's a field, he for God's sake. If someone seems genuine, let them in. Yeah, and the thing is then we found out from other friends that some of our friends had gotten in for free a few hours later because they hung around for hours and before Lewis came on they got a bit more easy going and left the kids in for nothing and my daughter paid oh, so that's even worse on wait. your daughter yeah so she was just the, the five of them were just dated yeah at least they stuck yeah. together they stuck together as friends they did, um, they did. I, I, and I don't know why it, it wouldn't scan if, if it was a proper ticket uh, it's a printout. It was literally a printout. Oh, yeah, because it, it was originally sold, of course. For, it was probably yeah. sold for the cancel gig because of COVID, was it? 
Yeah, yeah. All but right, it was okay. just like believe that they just left her there and they wouldn't uh, she's 16 years old it was her first time going to a concert it was going to be and it's just a horrible memory for her to have uh, I'd love to correct the experience for her I'm not sure if, if she's uh, into anything that's happening in the marquee but if, not saying we have tickets either for everything but if we come across something in the old goodie bag or in the treasure chest here uh, we, wow. we keep her in mind just to try and make the situation oh, up for her and make it good All right. Katharina thanks a million Thanks, Miriam, for ringing me. Thank you. Not a bother. Thanks. Uh, What a sad situation there that the uh, girl could not get in, even though she paid, worked very hard for, paid for, and uh, the ticket would not scan. It's 16 minutes to 12 midday now. I wonder who wrote this song. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Amanda is in Maryville in Ballon Temple. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Mick. How I are you? S- I'm very good. I said we'd play an Elton John song, didn't I? But I didn't oh, say we'd play Ed Sheeran doing his version of uh, Candle in the Will. That's yeah. from a brilliant album, actually, called Revamped. The songs of uh, Elton John done by lovely artists. A brilliant Sam Smith version uh, of Daniel travelling tonight on a plane. And they're a brilliant album. And a great artist. Are you an Elton John fan? Oh, yes. I have been all my, well, all his life, I suppose, as well. Because well, I'm you're... about the same age as him now. You're going, you're, well, you're 57 now. I am. He's, yeah, he's yeah. in his 70s. Uh, yeah, well, you, listen, <laughs> oh, he, he's absolutely outstanding. I've, I've loved him since he started off. You know, he's, he's great. Did performer. you see the movie? I did. I oh, did. Very good. It was absolutely very well done, amazing. yeah. So you're going to bring yeah, your friend yeah. Anthony, yeah? I am. I am indeed, yeah. Okay, and then. I've been promising him to try, and I've been trying all for the last two weeks, Mick. You know, since you started giving away the tickets, I've been trying and trying. Well, well done. So, you finally came through. And uh, we have three more sets to give away. Tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, which are summer sorted and the best gigs. Uh, thank you for bringing your friend, Anthony. I'm told his father is well at the moment. So it'll be yeah, a, a bit right. of a but break for him. He's in recovery him. now. Yeah, he's yeah. in recovery. Thank God. All right. Yeah. Thanks a million. Well done. You're okay. going to Elton John. And uh, well done, Amanda. We have Claire. Thank you on, so much. We, thanks a million. We have Claire on line six. Hi, Claire. Yeah. Yeah, you were at the press event this morning, Claire. How did it go? Hi, Mick. Uh, really good. There's a lot of excitement now for Elton um, coming on Friday evening. Um, so I think Cork is really gearing up for it. Apparently there's not a hotel room available. There's just so much buzz for us. Fantastic. And uh, any uh, elements of the press event that uh, we should take note? I have a statement here from Akins, which I can read out. Uh, but there is going to be no support, I'm told. Uh, so it'll be pretty much on stage at 8 p.m. And he'll blast away at the show. Gates opening at 6 p.m. on the day. Any other events at the at the press event? Uh, yeah, so exactly right. There's going to be no support. And apparently Elton is very, very punctual. So people can definitely expect him to be on stage at 8 p.m., um, the traffic management learned lots from when they did the Ed Sheeran gigs. So um, they're going to be fully ready for all of that. There will be full closure from 5pm in the area uh, around the Monaghan Road and the Centre Park Road roundabout. So really encouraging people to use public transport or to enjoy the lovely walk out to the gig as well and get a great atmosphere from it. Yeah, and for those, and I know there'll be a few, me included probably, who'll listen from the water, it's always lovely to see the the lit marina uh, all the way into town and all the way down to Black Rock. It's really a special occasion. I, I'll read all of, the, all of those, Claire. Thank you very much for attending on our behalf. Do you have any uh, little recordings you can bring back to us, perhaps? 
Absolutely, Mick. I'll have all the recordings available as well. So we'll be looking forward to it all week. All right. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Let's give you the full... Thank you. Let's give you the full uh, list of uh, items from Aiken Promotions. Early queuing won't be permitted. Gates will open at 6 o'clock on the day. Some tickets are still available for the show at all price points. Uh, That's at Ticketmaster.ie, the official ticket seller for the event. Keep your tickets safe. Please check your ticket for the approach route that you should use before you leave home. And please be aware of bogus ticket sellers and tour operators. Uh, Do not buy tickets from unofficial sources, including websites. Parky Kiev also is a residential area. And all patrons attending the concerts are are asked to respect privacy there and the interests of the local community. Under-16s must be accompanied at all times by a parent or guardian over 18. For those who have purchased digital tickets, please have your tickets downloaded to your wallet before you leave home. Consider them like an airline boarding pass or something. Your phone fully charged, that's important, and the brightness turned up. Uh, as you approach the venue. Don't be fumbling with the phone to get the brightness up as uh, there's a queue pushing behind you to get in. This is an outdoor event, of course, and will take place rain, hail or shine. Please remember to uh, plan for adverse weather conditions. Check the forecast. Maybe listen in on Red FM before leaving home. Uh, patrons advise not to bring backpacks or large bags. Uh, bar- bags larger than A4 size will not be permitted into the venue, so don't bring your uh, your rucksack full of gear. Uh, on Garda Shea of Connor will have a traffic management plan in operation. You can check that out at Garda.ie. And Parky Kiev, of course, is well served by public transport. Bus and rail transport options can all bring you within walking distance of the venue, and you can check out that on Transport for Ireland. Dot IE. In addition to regular bus services, Bus Aaron will operate an enhanced Route 202 with a direct bus from Lapsky to Monaghan Road, adjacent to uh, Parky Cube, every 10 minutes from 5 o'clock until half past 8. But Elton will be on stage at 8 o'clock fairly promptly, we're told. And don't forget the uh, city car parks as well. There's the Q Park in Carl's Key, Q Park City Hall, Q Park Grand Parade, Q Park St. Finbar's, and of course, the Paul Street car park. Remember to check those opening times and don't get locked in overnight as well. Uh, but above all, enjoy the show, the Elton Show, uh, the final round of, I suppose, uh, the final tour, the farewell tour, farewell Yellow Brick Road, and uh, make sure uh, that you and everyone else gets there on time, parks up, or gets your transport on time. But most of all, enjoy the show. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818 104 106. Six minutes to 12 midday and with about three and a half minutes of airtime left. Not really enough time to get into another topic. Uh, but we have been asked uh, to remind people who may have been affected by some of our conversations this morning that you can contact the 24-hour rape crisis centre helpline on one 800 one Also uh, asked to reiterate the uh, support number, My Options, a HSC service, a HSC support service. Uh, if you're pregnant and uh, need some confidential devi- advice, and all your options. That number is one 800 one Because we don't play much music on this program, I'm going to take a chance to uh, uh, play out with one. The program uh, this morning was produced by Kevin O'Connor, by Seamus Whelan, and by Claire uh, O'Connor. Oh, Kevin Galvin, I beg your pardon. Claire O'Connor, he's always getting it mixed up. Told you tomorrow morning after nine on the Neil Prendeville Show, playing tonight, Crowded House. I'm really close tonight. Neil Prendeville, the voice of Cork. Weekdays 9 to 12, Cork's Red FM.